back to another edition of Crime and Coffee. I am Mike. And I am Allison. Yeah, babe. And uh, we're a married couple of, what, uh, maybe 15, 17, 19 are you, years? Are uh, you fucking for real right it's now? It's 19 years. We're coming up on 20. Uh, well, about how many years has it been? 19. Okay, so it's 19 years, and we've been married, and oh gosh, it's been lovely. And um, we, We've been together for, what, 25 years? Yeah, yeah. Long time. We were 16. Yep. We were babies. And we're, um, you know, we we take turns every week coming up with uh, some, you know, crime sort of thing, spooky sort of story, usually crime. So far, so so good. It's been crime and uh, a murder of some sort and then going over it. Neither of us knows which which one we're going to talk about. I did ask you this week if you've heard of this person because it's kind of a huge case. Well, you like to ask me if other podcasts are doing this case just to make sure we're not like overdoing it. Yeah. I try not to talk about any topic I've heard on a podcast that I listen to. Right. Just because I don't like hearing the same story over and over. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. my perspective. So I do know the name of the person you're doing today. And I know I've heard her mentioned on other podcasts, not as a topic, but as an update. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I should know more about this case, but I don't. Right. So I'm excited that you're talking about it. Hey, it's going to be in one little tiny little package for everybody to listen to yes. today. So I, there's a lot of like different podcasts that have two or three or four episodes compared to this, or yeah, like dedicated um, to it. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. Part one, two, three. We're gonna put it in one package. You know what I'm thinking right now? The people that are listening right now already know what it is because they read the title to the podcast. True. How about that? We're, we're just wasting their time <laughs> sure right now. Are. We're actively wasting their time. They're like, shut up, get on with the story. Just shut the f up. Yeah, I'm trying to drive to work here. I wanted to listen to the story. I'm folding some laundry. I just want to get to the next thing. Shut your mouths. Um, I am drinking some coffee from Starbucks. It is the Nitro Cold Brew Sweet Cream. So it's the Nitro Sweet Cream Cold Brew is what it is it's only 70 calories and it is absolute perfection if you have not tried it i urge you to do so it's fantastic i mean i take a drink and i'm like i feel like it can't be 70 calories well yeah i kind of agree with that because it's too good but then again they blatantly post that you know a frappuccino is like 800 so why lie about this right i'm just gonna say they're it's accurate yeah (laughs) i'm gonna make myself feel better it is 70 calories though it tastes divine yeah so i urge you to get one yeah that's like now you should probably go in your car right now and just get one if you have a starbucks near you and you know 90 percent of america does i would get one um this the and you're drinking the nitro brew the day after that you've actually ordered it i think right away it's like certainly it's pretty damn good yeah we got it yesterday and i put it in the fridge for today but it's just i swear to you it's just as good the next day yeah because you know you can't drink caffeine later in the day you go to Starbucks, get it, and save it for the next morning. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's wonderful. I'm drinking my own, you know, I, I talk about this like every week, but San Francisco Bay um, French You're roast. like their spokesman. I know. And I, oh gosh, it's just so good. Costco doesn't sell it anymore, unfortunately. That's weird. But uh, Amazon does, and Amazon yeah. sells everything. Amazon is where I do about 98% of my shopping. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, this front door shows it. Cause Mike, it's called Christmas. We've been over this. Oh, is Christmas like, all year oh, long? here's your daily Amazon package. <laughs> I'm like, motherfucker, it's Christmas. <laughs> motherfucker. Do you want to take over and do the Christmas shopping, Mike? Uh, no. 
and the wrapping and all of that. No, I'm quite happy doing almost nothing. Well, then shut your damn mouth. And uh, it's not that I insist that I do nothing. It just so happens that you're like super obsessed with doing everything. Oh, I don't think so, Mike. I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, because I've I, well, I've honed this skill of Mike not is, doing everything well, and then you've just kind of taken over everything. So you do nice. everything just fine. You're just so slow. Yeah, yeah. So slow. Uh, the saying in the house is, "Mike, what are you doing?" Oh my God, is that the saying? <laughs> what are creepers. you doing? Yeah, yeah, and that's why I try to hide in the house. <laughs> The only reason I want a big house is so I can hide from you somewhere <laughs> so that I can actually do my own thing and, um, you know, sit down sometime before nighttime. Oh, you're such a liar. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Oh, babe, I'm going upstairs to play my game. Hey, uh, why why the hell does everybody think that playing video games is a big dorky thing? Because you're a big dork. Your sister came over for uh, Thanksgiving and her boyfriend was like, Mike, tell her how it's like okay to play video games or whatever. And I was like... Okay, what do you like doing at night? The, the, um, Allison's sister. I don't want to say her name. Yeah, her name is Lauren. Okay, so Lauren, what do you do at night? Well, I watch movies and shows. Okay, well, you like to have your multimedia delivered to you, like a passive I way. I have no problem with you playing video games. I like to do it in an, uh, like an involved way. I like to be involved in my entertainment. So I have no problem with that. Yeah. My problem is if you know you're staying up too late and it's affecting your sleep. Right, and I'm still. I want doing my okay. husband happy and healthy. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I love you. Yeah, that's the whole, you know what? That's what it sounded like. It sounded like you were like, I just love you and I want the best for you. That's where I was wanted to make sure that's what it was. I want to nurture you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you're also worried about calories with uh, your coffee. You mentioned whatever, 75 or 96, whatever it was, 70 calories per coffee because you're doing a little, uh, you've lost quite a bit of weight. I have lost a shit ton of weight because I had gained a shit ton of weight. Yeah, you did. Turns out I got kind of heavy for me. Yeah. I don't judge anybody else. What's healthy and happy for somebody may not be for me. And it wasn't for me. And I was pretty miserable. And I finally faced the scale back in June. And holy crap, I was shocked. I was like, how did this happen? What do I do? Now, mind you, I am a clinical dietitian. But I work more with like critically ill patients, malnutrition, all that good stuff. I don't counsel people on the outpatient for weight loss. I know what to do. It's just, you know, actually doing it. And I did it. I just counted calories, weighed myself daily. And this morning, I am down 29 pounds on the dot. The best part of this whole thing is looking at old pictures of you. And being like, oh, even the kids. Yeah. And it looks like I showed a picture of you and all your friends the other day. And back like, from uh, May. Yeah, I showed, I showed you the other day, but it was back from May. And it looks like they took you and just made you wider. Like, like they expanded it. Zoom. You know how you pinch and zoom on mm-hmm. an iPhone or Android? It looked like, yeah, you just took your sides and moved you sideways. And it was crazy. Like it looked like there was something wrong with the picture. Like it got screwed up. But then you looked at everybody else yeah. and everybody else looked the same. Yeah, and it was amazing. And at the time, I didn't think anything of it. I thought you're beautiful and you, you, you were. You, and you are always. But it's just amazing the transformation and even then, my friends are like you didn't even like seem like you were heavy back then i'm like oh i was and if you look back at the pictures that's where it's just like wow yeah. i guess you were yeah and i took a little peepee this morning and I happened to give a little glance at you i'm like ooh, man, she looks pretty damn good i was gonna take a picture of you and show you like you were kind of putting your hair up and everything and it's nice little side profile I just, it feels good to feel more like myself again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, great job. You've been doing, uh, and I just want you to be healthy also, so. Oh, for sure. And Mike says that because back in the day, in my teens, I did have a problem with an eating disorder. Like a lot of uh, dietitians yes. do. Yes. I heard in my class in college, 60% of dietitians have had an eating disorder. I believe So it. I did. I had anorexia when I was a teenager, but 
never again will I go down that road. I mean, you have to care for your health, especially I'm at 42 years old. I can't mess around with that crap. No. That was like a full-time job. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting off course here. Are you ready? I'm ready. um, But real quick, I just want to give a shout out to Dom over at the Horror House podcast. Not horror. I was like, wait, what? No, no. It's it's about hookers, and uh, he does a good job reviewing hookers. No, no. Dom over at the Horror House? Uh, horror. Horror. Yeah, Horror House. That's a, that's a hard one. It horror. is. It's so hard to say horror. Horror. <laughs> maybe, I mean, other people are better. I just have a problem saying words. So. I see. You're having a problem with that one. Yeah, it's, uh, it's in the morning. You know, I got to have my coffee. So the Horror House podcast, super cool guy, and his voice is like amazing. Okay, I'm going to write that down. Uh, he's, a, he's an English bloke. Oh, I love long. the English. I, I thought of you right away so oh they are the best me and him chat a little bit and i told him hey your podcast is awesome he's brand new and he sounds like very professional like have you been doing this for a while and uh he's like no man um and you know thanks for the the you know the kudos and everything so uh thank you you know he uh he reviewed us and we did you know awesome as well so oh that's nice 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 fellow out there and and uh we also had some people message us and just you know giving us some shout outs and stuff like that don't know if they want their name said so hey thank you for uh, reviewing us five stars on the apple podcast and all that stuff but Enough of that stuff. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get to the story. Right? I want to say thank oh. you as well, because it really does mean a lot to us. Because when we're sitting here in our home and just speaking into these microphones, we don't know if anyone's listening or how they're receiving us or how we sound to people. So the positive feedback like truly warms our hearts. Yeah. And a little side note, I want to be doing this instead of my real job. So you know, if we can get some kind of income going from this thing, then... Uh... Oh, I don't know, Mike. I like waking up at 4.30 in the morning and working like a lunatic for nine hours. It's just fabulous. I, I don't want to quit my full-time job and do this. Oh, I feel I'm opposite. being facetious. I feel the exact opposite. So. <laughs> I'm being facetious. And I only wake up at like seven, so I don't even feel that. And much. I do love my job, so if anyone from work is listening to this, I really do. <laughs> you do. I, I do. You do. But you know how it is. You're, it's a, you're a slave yeah. to your job. Sure, sure. So, yeah. anyway, neither here nor there. Without, Mike, take it away. Thank you. So, um, I did as much research as I could on this thing. It, well, yeah, it, given a week. So, um, there's going to be definitely a lot of different things here. I need your help because there's a lot of names. Okay, I've got thing. paper and pen, which Mike normally does, but I don't. But it's a lot. And you know what's funny? When you're listening to somebody else podcast, you absorb it so much better than when you're doing it. Really? Yes. Okay. Because I was listening to Morbid and they were like, oh, did I say that yet? And I'm, in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, you already said that. Okay. But I know how that is. Like, you're talking and you're like, did I say that? So, yes. I need your help. Yes, I'm going to help that. you. Great. Wonderful. So, this is the story of. Of Lori Vallow. She's very, very well known, unfortunately. Yes, I definitely know the name. So um, for those that don't know about her, she's uh, known as the Doomsday Mom. Um, she's been called the monster and a cult mom. Holy Lord. Um, I hope my kids never call me Doomsday Mommy. I hope they don't call you Cult Mommy. Either. I hope not. Yeah. So just mom is fine. Mom is good. Uh, she's accused of murdering her children. Jesus. Tylee Ryan and J.J. Vallow. Jesus. Who vanished in September of 2019. She's pretty good looking. Really? Um, yeah. How yeah. old is she? 48. Okay. I knew you were going to ask that, so I wrote down. I like to picture old. what somebody's right. going to look like. And it was Ryan, JJ, and Tylee? No, no. Uh, it's two kids. One is named Tylee Ryan. Oh, okay. Her last name is Ryan from a, Got it. From another husband. And the other is JJ, JJ. Vallow. Yeah. Got it. So two kids. Tylee Ryan and JJ Vallow. Okay. So she's, yeah, pretty fit, um, blonde, blue eyes, and ex-Miss Texas contestant. Wow. Yeah. So pretty good looking chick. Very confident. Like just carries herself. Like every video you see of her just kind of looks like she thinks she's pretty cool and has her shit together, basically. So 
Um, let's start this in 2006. Okay. So the way I like to do it, I like to do a timeline wise. Mm-hmm, me too. Like every time I look up stuff, I try to find a timeline and then add details around everything. Yeah. So in uh, 2006, Lori married businessman Charles Vallow. Uh, he happened to be her fourth husband. Wow. She was busy. Yeah. Yeah. Busy lady. The previous marriages came and went and she'd gone through some psychiatric evaluations like all of us do, I guess. Um, I've never been <laughs> psychiatrically evaluated. But that's not by a professional. I do evaluate you every day. No uh, judgment there. I yep. don't think there's anything wrong with getting help. Absolutely not. Um, actually, in this story, had she gotten more help, I think. It okay, so in 2006, she decided to go get a psychiatric eval on her uh, own accord. No, from um, divorces and stuff, and the husband like was accusing her of being a crazy Mormon. And now, so. was she ordered to have this evaluation done, or did she do it herself? I don't know. Okay, I was wondering if she was being proactive or if she was forced into it. Now, here's a, there's there's more questions too, and I want you to ask all them because um, okay. i wondered a lot of these things and it's so hard to find information on this case because there's so many websites and news places that just give you the same crap right or sometimes things give you conflicting information yeah. it's like which was true and like one of them is the sun which is kind of like a tabloid so i don't want to take things from them no. like as fact and no. it's it's tough but so i'm sorry if i ask a question and i'm putting you on the spot and you don't know the answer just say it's gonna happen just, i don't know <laughs> there's so much of this that's gonna happen and i apologize but okay i got the gist of it here so and and some good details so um, so she was charming, always made it seem like she was the victim and people bought it. Ugh, the worst. Yeah. I hate victims. Yeah. And she could just like, cause she's good looking and just turns the pants off everybody basically. Like she's manipulative and just kind of knows her shit. She's, she's frustrating. So Charles, her husband converted to the church of Latter-day Saints, which is Mormon mm-hmm. uh, to be with Lori. Friends say it appeared that they had a happy marriage. Um, you know, there's search text messages and stuff, no history of abuse or anything like that. Um, Charles brothers said he was always looking for some spiritual direction and that he would do anything to make Lori happy. Oh, well, that's a nice husband. Sure. I mean, you know, marriages are different, so I'm sure there was challenges anywhere. Um, together, the couple was raising Tylee Ryan. So that's one kid, Tylee Ryan, a cute blonde, um, teenager, um, from Lori's, Lori's daughter from a previous marriage. Okay. So her last, like her third marriage. Got it. And JJ is, I'll tell you right now. Okay. So, uh, in 2014, JJ joined the family. Um, Lori and Charles Vallow adopted JJ Vallow. Okay. He was the grandson. This is kind of, you know, you know how it's like people tell you the grandson of this person's sister's brother. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that kind of shit in this. Sure. Story. So um, he was the grandson of Charles's sister, Kay Woodcock. Okay. Charles's sister. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's easy. Okay. Um, so JJ had autism. And April Raymond, who was Lori's friend, said Lori was patient and an ideal mother for him. So they took him on. Um, you know, the current situation he was in wasn't good. So Yeah, I imagine there was trouble there, maybe with drugs or something. Maybe, yeah. So, who knows? Mm-hmm. So they, uh, they, they took him on and adopted him. Um, Tylee, the, the daughter, embraced being JJ's big sister. She even jokingly referred to herself as like JJ's mom. We so, call our daughter that mommy number two. Yeah. She's like, she, you know, he's my child and she's a cute kid, took care of him, all that what stuff. What was their age difference between the two kids? Was it big? Because you said um, Tylee was a teenager. So Tylee is 16 and JJ was seven. Got it. Yeah. Everything was pretty good. You know, you can kind of look into the family. And, uh, so that was in 2014 when they adopted JJ. Uh, fast forward to 2017. Okay. Uh, the family dynamics started to change a little bit. Um, relatives say that Lori's relationship with her children changed. 
So you can see like a stark difference, kind of the things are just different. Her friends say she had been reading the books of doomsday author Chad Daybell. Hmm. Uh, this is a very, very important name to this whole thing. And his name was Chad Daybell? Yep. Okay. You're going to know it very, very well. Okay. And he's a doomsday writer, so like end of the world type of deal? Yeah, fiction. Got it. Yep. Um, yeah, just kind of the Jesus is going to be coming again, and think the end of the world is coming. There's going to be a huge storm. Like That's people heavy. Are die. Yeah. Like, I couldn't imagine laying in bed at night and reading about that. Oh, bad, bad shit. Impending, Did- like feeling of doom and, and you we can't control or know what's going to happen so what's the point that's right. my thoughts right well I, he, he wrote the fiction about it but he also thought it was actually going to happen too. I, one would imagine yes yeah, yeah so you know, pretty convincing stuff uh interestingly also he at one point was a cemetery sexton a what a cemetery sexton so as i didn't know what that was x-e-s-e-x-t-o-n never heard that in my life basically somebody that runs a cemetery okay. so a grave digger but also everything else to do with like the funerals and all sure that so um where they're going to be buried and managing that whole thing so um, a lot of dealings with death yep and at one time he even wrote a book called one foot in the grave the strange but true adventures of a cemetery sexton huh yeah so he's he's relatively you know small time successful author. Well, I'm sure there's interesting stories. Like yeah. my cousin is a funeral director, and I could listen to him speak for hours about the things he sees and does. Death is interesting. I mean, it really is. I'm fascinated by it. It's going to happen to all of us. It will. Yep. That's what I tell all the kids, and which is I don't know if that's good or bad. Good morning, kids. By the way, you will die eventually. Well, you're going to die. You know that, right? Okay. I just <laughs> want to remind you. We do not talk about that willy-nilly not every day yeah uh so daybell he wrote several fiction books about preparing for the end of the world and he lived outside of rexburg idaho a lot of potatoes all right so now we're back in now we're going to do 2018 okay in 2018 Lori vallow met chad daybell so she was kind of obsessed with him she started getting like just reading everything and like really you know wanted to meet him someday so they they met at this um like church function okay um, and Lori's friends say there was a connection between the two, and they began doing religious podcasts together. Okay. I can only find that she was on one episode of his podcast, but maybe she was on more. And he's in Idaho living there, and she's in Texas? I know she was Miss Texas. I didn't know if she uh, No, Arizona. Lived. Okay, so she lives in Arizona. He's in Idaho. Yep. Got it. Um, her family kind of moved around a little bit. At one point, they moved in, or they lived in Hawaii for a couple of years. Oh, wow. I found that out. Um, but yeah, at this point, she's in uh, Arizona. Got it. Okay, so, um, yeah, so they were, you know, instantly had a connection, they were hanging out together, talking about this end of world shit, end of days, and just totally into, like, this weird, crazy shit, so. And connection, like, on a friendly, friendly level, or a More. intimate level? Um, like, not not even intimate, but, like, a spiritual connection. Got you, because And, and I, intimate and everything, kind of, like, mm-hmm. just, like, whoa, we get each other, what we think Eek. is everything. Their, their entire being, basically, they meet each other like, yes, finally we found each other. Time to cut that off. Well, there was no cutting off. Like, it was kind of like kismet. Like, it's they both felt like, holy shit, we've always been meant to meet each other. Yeah. And we did. Not a good thing when you're married. Yeah. And this, I mean, she's like a hot blonde, and he's probably all over her, just like, holy shit, she's so hot. Sure. I, I totally want to get her in the sack kind of thing. So, um, Daybell was also married. unfortunately so uh together with his wife tammy daybell he was raising five children wow yeah a lot of kiddos and we hear from them a little bit later too so uh laurie's friend melanie gibb would later say she heard chad and laurie talking about zombies Mm. which a lot of people do sure you got to talk about zombies um people so zombies and then people whose souls were replaced by dark spirits uh, Lori's former friend April Raymond told 48 Hours that Lori started referring to her husband Charles Vallow as a demon. Oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> That's never a good description for your husband. Yeah, not super uh, super nice. On the latest Dateline special, The Doomsday Files, just came out September. Okay. Um, highly suggest watching it if you're interested in the story at all. Uh, they said Lori wanted Charles out of the way because he was blocking her from carrying out the mission she needed to do. What was this mission? Um, Chad told Lori they'd been married previously many times over many lives, and the mission for them in this life was to bring together the 144,000 true believers of Christ for his second coming. Okay. That's the mission. Okay. To bring these people together. Yeah. So she... There's a lot of detail in the background, as you can probably imagine. Um, the The belief is that there's 144,000 true believers, which are made of like a lot of priests from around the world, basically, like the, the highest power of all these people. And they're the ones that are going to kind of come together and then come back to God eventually. Lori and Chad both believe they were some of these people, like in previous lives, basically. Lori, like if you look in all her stories, she believes she was like the grandmother of one of the founders of the Mormon church, like back way, way, way back when and all this stuff. <laughs> like it's it's insane how, how crazy and deep it goes. And Chad was Mormon as well? Yeah. Okay. The, basically, everybody I'm talking about in this thing is Mormon. Got it. Okay. At the very least. But then I'm going to talk about how, a little bit how they, they started kind of their own cult on the side, which was related to the Mormon. So I don't want to say this is all, this is definitely not beliefs of Mormon people. Mm-hmm, sure. Uh, they just happen to be Mormon. Exactly. Um, and, you know, now the Mormon church did kind of fuel a lot of their belief systems in the beginning. But, you know, when, when if you have Norman, Mormon neighbors or something, they don't necessarily believe in all this mm-hmm. stuff I'm talking right. about. All right. So just, just you know, know that. All right. So Chad also said they'd been, uh, they have to look out for zombies among them. Like, um, what are the signs? Just that people change. So, like, that, there's kind of a different darkness to them. that mm-hmm. you, you can almost identify them. If you're one of these chosen people, you can identify when the darkness enters. Got it. Which is very um, convenient, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say, in this situation, <laughs> uh, especially within their own families. So, Chad Daybell and Lori agreed that Charles was a zombie named Ned Schneider. Oh, okay. I just thought it was so, like, where the frick? Ned Schneider. Yeah, where the frick did this name come from? Ned Schneider. Uh, according to the Hidden True Crime podcast, they're featured on this uh, Dateline, and they're a couple like really smart people. Okay. Um, definitely check that out. The Hidden True Crime podcast. They're the going to come out. True Crime. Yep, um, they're going to be coming out with another episode before Christmas. Okay. So just look out for that one. These people are really really cool. Um, Chad. So according to the podcast, Chad was googling Ned Schneider several times by this point. So he was already kind of looking into Charles and kind of looking, you know, trying to figure out some. and that the internet would have information about ned schneider who was actually charles yes okay yeah yeah so you know obviously he knew quite a bit about him there was some kind of plot going on in the background that he was planning uh where that name came from is a mystery but it definitely regarding charles valdo laurie's husband okay so not long after chad and laurie met laurie was shopping for wedding rings oh I mean, they had this instant spiritual connection, so they knew right away, like, we've been married in previous lives, Chad's feeding her this line of bullshit, like, you know, just, we, we've been together, we've been married, you know, you know that you know, people talk about that kind of a little bit. It's, Did they have the wherewithal to realize that they would have to divorce their current spouses in order to get married? They're so pompous that I don't really think that entered their mind at all. I okay. think they're like, we are, our beings, are, our spirits are together. Are already connected and Correct. together. Yeah, so it wasn't a thing. It was kind of like that was mm-hmm. fake life almost. Mm-hmm. Our real lives, we're married. Got it. We are souls that are connected. Okay. Like deep, deep, deep yeah. stuff. So so much so they went to a, 
I might say LDS more times than this, but Latter-day Saints. Okay. Um, they went to an LDS temple and felt they were sealed, um, which is kind of like marriage in the uh, Mormon church. But the thing is that Chad was the one that sealed them, and he's not a priest or anything like that. So did they actually do like a little ceremony amongst the, each other? Yeah, with them and friends. Um, okay. They, just like small, very, very small. Just. And meanwhile, she's still married and living with Charles. Correct. Correct. Is Charles privy to this information? Yeah, he starts to see stuff coming out, and he's just like, "This is like insane." Like, Did I he don't know they went and like had this done where they're sealed together. I don't know for sure. I don't think so. Wow. I think this was like that kind of came out after the fact. What'd you do today, hun? Um, I went and you know did the lawn, and I I got sealed to Chad. I got sealed. Yeah. <laughs> so what's cool about these interviews? A lot of Mormon and Church of Latter Day Saints people like kind of give their input, and they say. This is unheard of. This is kind of like somebody going in and give, baptizing somebody that's not even a priest or a pastor or right. whatever it might be. And it, it's even more than that. Like, this is the ultimate sealing of a relationship mm-hmm. saying, like, you are, your souls are together. And he had no right in doing that. Right. Basically. But he viewed himself as a god, mm-hmm. a deity. And, and he thought, okay, we're, we are this. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it, outside looking in, people are like, no, that's not real. That's not real. Right. <laughs> real marriage. Um, and it wasn't like, uh, it was just for the religion. It wasn't like legally married or anything sure. like that. So, I mean, I could just say we're sealed right now. Did it's they the exchange thing. rings? Yes. So now she's wearing Chad's ring and not Charles and going back home to Charles. And I would imagine taking off the ring. Okay. I'm just trying to picture what the hell is happening. Maybe here. not. I, it's Oh, it's crazy shit. So it's it's Because they don't even live in the same state. So correct. they're flying to see each other each time they're together. Or, yeah, meeting in the same place and whatever. Got it. Yeah talking on the phone texting constantly all the mm-hmm. time you know how that goes sure yeah yeah i mean you do that all the i time. don't chat or text with any other men <laughs> right but that's just me right right me too i don't text any men either so <laughs> uh, women though that's a different story uh so this wasn't like normal they just thought they'd been together like i said and this uh-huh. was the next logical okay. step so side note uh laurie's ex-husband joseph ryan okay so, this is tylee ryan's dad yes he ended up dying of an apparent heart attack Okay. In 2018 as well. So right around this time. And his name was what? Joseph? Uh, Joseph Ryan. Okay. Yeah. You don't need to know him. He's, he doesn't come in okay. later. Okay. But, but he died of a heart attack. Yeah. Well, apparent heart attack. Hmm. Let's say that. And then, you know, authorities looked into it a little bit. They said, yeah, it's nat- you know, natural Well, causes. you do an autopsy. Did he have a heart attack? Right. They said yes. Okay. Okay. But it's it's interesting timing. Mm-hmm. This whole thing is just starting to get revved up and you're going to like come back to this and be like, oh. She definitely fucking killed this guy. <laughs> like it's it's crazy. Obviously, I don't know what his involvement is. They share a child together. What you know, the relationship was a. There was a big custody battle and mm-hmm. stuff. It was ugly, basically. So, uh, yeah. So um, now we're into 2019. Okay. Got it. Charles Vallow became very worried about Lori. One would imagine. Yep, and he went to the police with his concerns. He told them that Lori believed that she was a god, preparing for the end of days. Um, like you do all the time with me. But what does a police officer do? Like you can't arrest somebody for wanting to prepare for the end of days. That's where mental health comes in. Right. That's, I mean, the police can't do anything. Well, maybe we need to start figuring things out. Yeah, in this situation, in this situation, had she gotten some help of some sort, right? Maybe she would have seen reality. Right. And that's you know, obviously everything's twenty twenty. Hindsight's twenty twenty. So it's it's a good place to look and say, okay, should we have gotten some professionals involved in this? A person has to be willing to get the help, though. Absolutely. You know? And she probably would be like, no, no. We're- well, she thought she had it right and right. that we had it wrong. 
Yep, you're exactly right. The police themselves, no, they're helpless. It's like she didn't do anything illegal. You're coming to the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. Like you got to go get family counseling, bud. Yeah, you know, and it's it's hard. It's it's definitely hard. And she may have been so in deep that you know she wasn't willing to do that. Absolutely. He also said Lori had threatened to murder him oh. and have an angel dispose of his body. That's scary. Like, can you imagine? No. It's like. I'm a god, and you are dark, and you're a dark soul, and I will murder you, and an angel will take your body. It's like, okay, crazy. I wouldn't sleep in the house next to you. Yeah, and I guess Charles Vallow, he was a bigger guy. Like, not not fat, but just big. Sure, like, just like, like you're people. a lot bigger than me. Exactly. But I could still kill you when you're sleeping. Right, well, like, you know, you come to the police, and just normal, um, I'm worried, and you're like, oh, you're fine, buddy. Like, you're going to be able to take this blonde girl. It's fine, you know, but uh, yeah, in my sleep, you can't, or poisoning, or whatever. Anything. Yeah, because I, I trust could, you. I could stab you, you know. Yeah, I mean, i definitely stab you right back, but just <laughs> don't even think about it. Um, so yeah, he, that's the kind of situation he was in. Uh, there was even some police body cam footage of Charles talking to police. He's like pleading with them. He's standing there mm-hmm. and it's, it's really cool. Like to be able to see, you know, kind of his, his stress level and where he was and just, you know, poor guy must've felt helpless. Yep. He goes to them. He goes, um, she says I'm Nick Schneider and I've taken over Charles Ned Schneider. No, he said Nick, Nick. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was Ned, but that he, you know, obviously she's like Nick Schneider. Like what the fuck are you talking <laughs> Who, about? What are you talking about? No, I'm Charles idiot. Like, what are you crazy? Yeah, obviously you are. So she says, I'm Nick Schneider. I've taken over Charles's body and Charles has been killed. So he's like, no, no, man, I'm Charles. <laughs> like, oh, uh, don't think that I'm Nick or Ned or whatever the hell you're talking about. So he's kind of desperate at this point uh, a little bit. And it's kind of sad. It's really sad, especially looking back on it. Uh, Charles told his brothers that Lori said she was uh, supernatural and could travel between pl- planets. I mean, we're dealing with some pretty big things here and all this talk about this person needs to be murdered and that, I mean, that would scare the shit out of me. Yeah. But like so many other things, nothing usually happens. You know, people go crazy and it's like, okay, well, yeah, she went crazy. We got a divorce. That's but, like about you usually like 99.9% of times. That's what's going to yeah, happen. The problem is now she's got Chad. That's fueling her fire. Exactly. He's feeding into it. Yeah. And kind of making some suggestions and you, you will hear that at this point, he's even saying, um, Charles has darkness in him, and he's even feeding things about her kids being mm-hmm. like Tylee's, uh, Tylee's dark. Tylee's a zombie. That's like, scary. And yeah, and JJ and all this stuff. He's feeding her this stuff, and she's thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, they're dark. They're zombies. Zombies dark. You're gonna hear all. You're gonna hear that a lot. Did he ever consider separating from her and getting away and out of the house? Absolutely. And he did. Because you would think if you would have taken the children away, that the courts, if they hear, heard the things she's saying, it's like, okay, you're not competent to have these children. Yep. So let's go to February. Charles Vallow filed for a divorce from Lori. Okay. In court documents, Charles expressed that he has fears for his life and his children's safety. Very good. Is this 2019, February? Yep. So we're still in still in 2019. We're specifically in February here. Um, so what's really interesting, I don't want to say cool or awesome. But no, because it's not. No, none of this is. But what's really interesting recently, just like in September, police released a ton of new information videos interviews with Lori, with like a lot of different people text messages all these text messages have come out it's got to be so weird to read them yeah it's like it's crazy so so a lot of information transcripts of text messages of like pretty much everyone involved in the situation they basically took all their phones and have all the information Mm -hmm. which is so like good to be able to read and try to process what actually happened here right so there was a March text exchange between Lori's brother, Alex Cox. Okay. You're going to hear about this guy a lot, too. That was her maiden name, Cox. Okay. 
Okay, so Laurie and Alex. Uh, there was a text thread between Laurie and Alex, and um, here's what Laurie said. So they had been talking about something. There was a, a big copy and paste that Alex sent to her, I think from Laurie's mom, trying to say something about Charles and just like, oh, we're, we're going to follow God on this. We're going to figure it out. You know, Charles is still maybe a good man. Maybe he's not, but let's do the best we can, something like that. So it was back and forth, and Laurie just goes, apparently it is tied to Ned being gone, hopefully today or tomorrow. So she's got a, a date in mind. Yes. She wants to off Ned, which is Charles. Uh-huh. Right? Alex goes, have fun and get rid of Ned already. Does Ch- Alex know that Ned is Charles? Yep. All these people are fucked. They're all completely fucked. Like, I would have thought that the brother would have been like, Lori, this isn't accurate. Oh, the more you see about this, Alex's, Alex and Lori's relationship is kind of weird. Really? It's like he will do anything for her. Interesting. And there's some unverified things that i read as well which i won't bring up but he's like it's almost like um he's married to her and he'll do anything for her but they're just brother and sister Uh so he's so into her and everything that she wants that he'll do anything for her basically yeah like he moves around the country with her and stuff like that and all it's it's, maybe a little unhealthy yeah yeah that's what i'm thinking that was my first thought then i read somebody saying that i'm like yep there's something weird going Uh on there so um so that was in, what, March, I said. So in July July 10th, Lori and Alex had another text exchange. Lori says, I'm going to need you to stay close to me the next couple of days. Thank you for standing by me. It's all coming to a head this week. I mean, this is where Alex needs to say, what is coming to a head? What are you going to do? Why am I sticking by you? Well, he Please already, don't do this. No, he knows. I mean, they've been talking about this. Like, basically, it's like they're planning this, and she's basically saying this is the week. This is and, when and it's going to happen. And he believes that Charles is Ned and... Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, he's dark spirit. He needs... He's... That Charles is dead. It's Ned, some deep, dark, deep zombie that's taken over wow, his body. Wow, so now we have three people that are believing this. Oh, with... um. So Chad we have Daybell, Alex, Chad, Chad, and Lori believing that this is true. Yep, and probably Lori's niece as well. Interesting. Um, Alex's did... child? No. Another one. Yeah, different one. Okay. Yeah, so uh, it was Uncle Alex to her, so I'll talk about her in a little bit. So um, she said, I- I'm going to need you to stay close. Uh, thanks for standing by me. It's all coming to a head, like I said. Then Alex spent the night in her house that night. Charles is there as well? No. Okay. So they're separated, legally separated. Okay, at this they're point. out of the house from each other. Yep. I didn't, uh, maybe not legally separated, but separated. Well, you did say they filed for divorce. I didn't know what their living situation was. Yep. So they're not living together right now. Um, the next morning, July 11th, 2019. Okay. This is uh, an important date. Shit hits the fan here. This is where the whole thing starts to get nutty. Well, even nuttier. Uh, by this time, Charles and Laurie are separated, like I said. Uh, Charles Vallow went to the house where Laurie Vallow was living with the children in Chandler, Arizona. Charles right. Charles was supposed to get JJ uh, from Laurie and drop him off at school. Mm-hmm. It's typically what he did. So when Charles got there, he noticed that Laurie's brother Alex's truck was parked outside, which is completely not normal. That, you know, he's not a guy that normally came over and spent the night or anything like that. Right, right. away, his radar ears go up and he's just like, mm, what's so, going on? Yeah. Yeah. So he texted his brother, Adam, about the truck. And Adam goes, that sounds weird. Be on the lookout, man. Um, they could be up to something. I would be so scared if I was Charles's family. Yep. Charles texts back, absolutely. So he's just like 100%. Yep. Something's up. Ugh. Something's going to happen. Just, you know, just wait for me to call, whatever. You know, he didn't necessarily say any of that, but that's basically the thought right. process here. 
Uh, cell phone data shows that Charles arrived at the house at 7.35 a.m. I'm going to reference this again. Okay. Okay. So early in the morning here, 7.35. And I'm about to tell you the account of what happened based on Lori, Alex, and Tylee. So Lori, obviously, is Lori Vallow. Uh-huh. Alex is her brother. Tylee is the daughter. Sure. 16-year-old daughter. This is what they said happened that okay. morning. Just, and I want to stress, this is what they said happened. Whether or not it did, we don't know, but so, this is their recount. Yeah, allegedly what allegedly happened that day. So Charles came to the house and wet nuts, as Lori said he did before and does often. So she was expecting it, kind of saying, huh, here he comes. Yep, sure enough, he's crazy. Um, he was angry almost immediately, banging on the door, demanding to be let in. So this woke up Ty Lee, who was in the other her bedroom, and uh, she started by yelling. Um, oh, she was startled by the yelling and banging. So Ty Lee came out of her room. Um, she said Charles looked like a crazy person and that she got her baseball bat just to protect her and her family and everything. She was kind of holding it and like, just like, leave my mom alone. Like, get out of here crazy or whatever. Tylee was worried about her mom, so she told Charles to stay away from her. Charles allegedly saw the bat, grabbed it, and yanked it out of Tylee's hands. And when Alex came out of the room, he heard Lori say, don't touch me. Kind of like, you know, Charles is coming after her or something. Mm-hmm. So they say Charles must have hit Alex on the back of the head with the bat during a, a struggle of okay. some sort. So, you know, maybe how he got hit. So it, Alex is interviewed. You can, you know, you see one of his interviews and he's like, yeah, we got into a fight. I got hit by something. I'm not sure what it was. Probably a bat. I'm thinking because he had a bat, but I can't say for sure what it was. And he's got a little open wound kind of thing. A little blood dripping down his, his head. Um, so, yeah, he's got that. So now Alex is like, this is crazy. I'm going to go back to my room. He said, I, I went back to my room and waited for things to settle down. I <laughs> wouldn't think he would do that. No, no. All right, sis and 16-year-old niece, good luck to you. I'm going to go back to the room and put my feet up and watch Dr. Phil. Listen, I got hit in the back of the head. I'm going to nap. I'm just going to put a little bandage here, lean back, and watch Dr. Phil. You guys, good luck. I'm here for the sole purpose of protecting my sister. But I'm yet I'm not down. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. so what he was really doing was going to get his gun which was sitting by his bed. They show pictures from the police and everything. Um, so he got his gun. Uh, he said, you know what all people say that shoot people. Uh, I was in fear of my life. Of course I got my gun. I was in fear of my life. Uh, I came out of his room with his gun. He told Charles to put the bat down. Charles, he said, Charles said, no, started walking toward Alex with the bat. And so Alex shot Charles twice while Charles <laughs> was standing in the front of, in the, the front room. Okay. So he, he hits the ground like a ton of bricks here. Lori came out of the kitchen after she heard the noise of the gunshots. So she had like walked away, been like, leave me alone, and you know, just let them fight it out. She comes around like, whoa, gunshots, okay? Saw her husband lying there with bullets in him and promptly decided, well, I got to take JJ to school, so I'm going to take him. We're just business as <laughs> usual here. All right, yeah. JJ, get your breakfast. Like, obviously, you know, JJ still has to go to school, but at the same time, somebody's probably dead lying on your step floor. over daddy's body okay we got to get to school yes starts in 15 minutes right let's get going uh no yeah yeah so you she, call 911 and you get the police out to the house yeah and i mean you don't want your kids sitting there and looking at a dead body on the floor yeah you know? i get that so, I, it must be absolutely traumatizing but how the, yeah how the hell is a kid going to be going through school uh, no and focusing yeah no right you send them over to a family member's house or, or the a friend neighbor or, neighbor or somebody like hey um could you take there's a huge emergency right now i just i'll tell you later can you take care of him yes. and i know you said jj had autism i don't know what his understanding was about what happened yeah i'm not sure either but that's i mean and entirely i don't can't imagine what she must be going through 
I imagine she's going through quite a bit of brainwashing oh, and such like, at this point. So she's maybe more on her mom's side, hence they're trying to stand up and protect her. Yep. My dad has got this baseball bat and yada yada. Yes. Stepdad. I don't know if she... Did she call him Charles or did she call him dad? I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. Not sure. So uh, she's like, all right, JJ, Tylee, like, let's get out of the situation. Go get in the car and let's take JJ to school. Uh, cell phone data shows that they left the house at 749 a.m. So this is you know, about 14 minutes after he got there. So right. everything happened very quickly. And surveillance shows they stopped for breakfast at Burger King oh. about five minutes later. We'll so. get a Kerr sandwich. And it was it was like that. It was like, yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Okay. And like, not no, that you'd be like, you're ah. not ordering breakfast yeah. after your husband is dead on the ground. I mean, you got to eat. I would not be eating. I'd be dry heaving. To be honest, I could probably eat. Oh, my God. Like I would eat probably. Okay. So she, yeah, they're ordering breakfast. All three, Lori, Alex, and Tylee, told pretty much the same story, according to police. They said there were some inconsistencies and in some things, but they that nothing that like stood out. Like you would expect some little differences between their versions of the stories, right? But nothing like boom, oh, whoa, 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 what right, happened? That didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, but nothing super obvious from what they said. Okay, so now I'm going to kind of get. Now that was all according to them. Obviously, I want to stress that. I know I'm doing it too much, but it's just like... Well, Charles, is he passed at this point? Did he die? Yes. So he can't give his side of the story. So that is all they have. That's all we have. Yeah. Correct. Um, so Lori, they take her in to interview all of them. Lori and Alex and Tylee and just getting their stories and figuring out, okay, you three were there. You're all suspects here. Like what, you know, what, what happened? Like right now, everything's on the table. Right. And the glaring thing of this is that Charles has been recorded saying that Lori wanted to kill him. Right. Very convenient that he came in aggressively with a bat and came at Alex while he was holding a gun because now she has completed the thing that he said he was she was going to do. Right. And, you know, if you're police, you got to listen to both sides. I get that. So maybe he that was part of his story. You know, maybe it's like, oh... She's crazy, and then he's his whole plan was to come and try to kill her, but she got yeah, him first. You maybe. Know? Who knows? You, you try to think of both sides. Yeah, here, I get it. You know? Um, so her interview initially started as a detective trying to get information and the story and all that, but by the end of the interview, the, de- 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 the detective offered a victim's advocate to Lori. So she'd done a master job of kind of manipulating the detective and being like, you know, the victim of the story. Sounds like she was very good at that throughout life. Wonderful. Absolutely got everything. Dealing with somebody who is always the victim is impossible because you will never win and they will always be the one that's hurt more than you are. And then you're the one that ends up apologizing to this person. Yeah. That uh, podcast I mentioned earlier, they thought it was like a masterclass. They were like, in the beginning, you're like, did you plan this? And by the end, it's like, you know, you're the victim. Sorry. Let's get you. Let's assign you a special victims person. Now we're going to coddle you and, you know, take care of you, which if if this actually happened, like, but then why did she go and order breakfast sandwiches at Burger King? It's not illegal to order breakfast sandwiches. It's not. But if you're that traumatized, are you hitting the drive-thru? You know, um, I recently had a conversation with a friend and just because something's weird or wrong or off doesn't mean that the police have anything to go on. I get that. Yeah. You can't bring that up in court and be like, she went to get breakfast. And it's like, oh, well, she's a killer. She's a killer. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. And that's why I probably wouldn't be very good on a jury. Yeah. Because that's just like a glaring issue to me. That's fantastic, though. You'll never have to be on a serve with jury duty because <laughs> nobody will want you. Nobody sure. wants me. Yeah. But after the fact, obviously, we have the benefit of looking at things afterwards. And there were some incons- inconsistencies, let's okay. call them. Between their stories? Stories and just what happened. Uh-huh. What, what they said happened and what actually happened. Okay. So I'm going to just list a few of them here. 
So the wound on the back of Alex's head didn't seem big enough to be from a bat swung by a big guy like Charles. Yeah. I can tell you if I swung a bat as hard as I could to hit Ooh. somebody in the back, like I would be surprised their brain didn't explode. You would kill them. Yes. I'm, And I'm not even like, I'm sorry to be so graphic, but I was about the same size as Charles. He's skinnier, um, you know, but good shape and everything. A big dude. Like if I wanted to hit somebody in this guy's, you, you'll see the, the mark on his head. Like the... Unless it was more of like a warning swing, like back the hell off and swing, not a full. If I give a 50% swing, this guy's going to be rocked. Like, I mean, it's a a metal baseball bat, wooden, whatever. I mean, it's going to hurt. And he had a a little thing. So it kind of looked like he fell back and hit his head. And the police agreed. They're like, looking back, it was should have been a much bigger blow. And he probably would have lost his con you know, who who knows? Lost consciousness. Mm-hmm. Could have died. I mean, if I'm hitting a guy in the back of the head, he's probably gonna die. Okay. So um it was a small open wound if it, you know it just not consistent what was said happened. Correct. The way Charles was shot, they said one shot was while he was standing, and the angle of the other shot was while he laid on the floor. So a little overzealous. Correct. So they said Alex said he shot him twice while he was standing. But it was actually one standing and once on while well, he was on the ground to make sure he was probably dead. Uh, number three, police asked Alex if there was any reason he stayed at his sister's house that night. So uh, he's in the video. They, you, know, you can hear them asking him this. And he's like, no, no, which is fucked. It's well, like, it's what like, are you talking why, about? Why, how did you just so happen to be here <laughs> when all of this went down? Yeah, there's no reason. Are you sure? Well, no and then reason? you look back at these texts. Everything's coming to a head. Yeah. What's coming to a head? Right. Please oh, go find this. Dumb now dumb. all of a sudden. And also, did Charles have any um, history of being aggressive and violent and abusive? No. No. Hmm. That's funny. Yeah. Looking back, uh, any text message. They looked through text messages, emails. There was, you know, fights that they had. Sure, they're going through a divorce. And yeah, yeah, but there was no abusive uh, indicators. Right. All. So, um, great, great question, by the way. So, um, where did the baseball bat come from? Tylee. Okay. Oh, she. That's right. She had it, and then he got it from her. Yeah, and that's another thing I didn't even write down. Uh, they didn't find Charles's fingerprints on this bat at well, all. Well, that makes no sense because he would have been the last person to hold it. Correct. And at the time, you know, everything takes time to to kind of process and all that, and. I guess, you know, I, I'm not going to be uh, somebody that blames the police and say I could do a better job or whatever. No, I'm not going to do that either. Yeah, but that's what everybody's thinking right now. I'm sure that's listening. And like, But the bat would have been processed for fingerprints. You would think that's kind of a basic thing. Yeah. Right? So it turns out that it didn't have. His, because that's the basis well, of their story that he had the bat. He was aggressive. He hit Alex. Oh, well, if his fingerprints aren't on the bat, how can you explain that? Can I correct myself? They said it didn't have any of his DNA on it okay now his fingerprints i like you're gonna hold it hard enough to hit somebody your nails or something would be on the bat i don't know anything about that or your skin i I mean your skin rubbing on it it would be on there yeah i can't speak for that so yeah exactly and he said no no special reason oh well you know we were gonna hang out later in the day um that's why i was there we were gonna hang out so it's almost like he was like oh shit i gotta say something well that's fine and dandy (laughs) but text messages show otherwise yeah so meanwhile they asked Lori the same thing why was alex over there and Lori's like oh because well i wanted protection for my husband and thought i could trust my brother to protect me right and that's what the texts indicate i need you by my side for these next couple days everything's coming to a head why did you feel you needed protection from your husband who was coming to the house to pick up jj to take him to school at seven thirty-five in the morning yeah like you know i don't know I, that's just the thing was there a history of violence that she felt the need to protect herself no only her words of saying just you know oh he's crazy he's always been 
crazy, mm-hmm. but no evidence of any of that. And anyone can say anybody's crazy. Yes, um, exactly. So, and well, then they have Tylee also corroborating and sure. saying, yeah, he's always crazy, you know, whatever. So they, they get a listen. You listen to a mother and a daughter that's like, this mm-hmm. guy's nuts. Okay, well, yeah. we're going to protect you. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so, yeah, and so instantly I think like Lori probably heard what Alex said. And or maybe she she probably didn't even know, you know, at the point Alex was probably like, oh, yeah, I'm, I told him yeah, exactly what you wanted me to. But if she heard that Alex said, oh, no reason, she'd be fucking pissed. And right. Just be like, idiot. We talked about this like you are supposed to say exactly why you're there. OK, so that was weird. But police still didn't. Yeah, that 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 was weird. That would probably get you to look in a little, little bit further. But hey, what it is. Uh, Alex didn't call 911 until 836. Okay, and that was at 7.49, they left the house to go get breakfast and take JJ to school. Yep, 7.35 is when Charles got there, so like an hour. 8.49 was when he's already dead and they're leaving the house, and this was at 8.35? Uh, 8.36. 8.36. So what what was going on in almost an hour's time? Yes, so that was about 45 minutes after the shooting, after Lori left with JJ and Ty Lee. On the 911 call... He told the operator that the shooting happened a couple minutes ago. Lies. Yeah. So that was a big red flag. Now, obviously, a murder happens. Not a murder. But uh, we're talking almost a full hour that you're in the house with a dead body. Correct. Like, what What are you doing? What were you doing? Yeah, what's happening? Because you don't need... Unless you're doing something like cleanup or whatever, you don't need an hour to sit with a dead body. Right. And... I, I can understand time getting away from you, but it didn't happen a couple minutes no, ago. No, it doesn't get away from you yeah. when there's a person lying on your floor dead. Yeah, and that was his quote, a couple minutes. Uh, also, it just so happens, Alex and Lori had a phone conversation before he called 911. Well, it sounds like they're getting their stories together. Yep, and he's like, okay, I'm going to call. You ready? Okay, good. Yeah, they didn't. we don't have a transcript of what they said. It um, should be a frantic call. My husband is here. He shot, blah, 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 immediately after he shot. Yep, and... As you could probably imagine, neither of them mentioned that they talked to each other before no, the 911 call. cell phones don't lie, people. Right. They're on record. This whole story is because of cell phones, like GPS tracking and all this stuff, pinging all of this. Of course. Back in the day, you could get away with stuff because it wasn't tracked. But here, don't they realize that this is going to be seen? Right. No, obviously not. Um, maybe they just think that they're chosen, so it doesn't <laughs> matter. You know, I mean, this can get pretty deep. You know, this is all this superficial. It doesn't matter as much if you're a god, I guess. Okay, so on the ride back to the house, the, the cops taking everybody back and just being like, okay, well, thanks for the interview and everything. We'll get you back. The detective said the mood was bizarre, as you could imagine. Mm-hmm. Lori was being happy-go-lucky. Everything seemed totally fine. Um, like, they didn't just see a dead body lying on the floor a few hours prior. In Alex's interview, I guess he was kind of a stand-up comedian on the side. He was, like, cracking jokes no, and stuff like that. No, sir. T- it's not the time to be funny. Yeah. Yeah, so he's cracking jokes and just like, hey, I just killed a dude and I'm going to make some jokes here. That's messed up. Yeah, so he was just like, it was weird. Like something was off. Sure. Right. Like this is not the scene of something that just tragically happened. Yeah, so detectives obviously start digging into Charles' death a lot more and some things popped up. Um, the person that arranged the cremation of Charles, uh, they have the, the recording for whatever reason, and it was a guy named Ch- uh, Chad Daybell. Oh, really? Chad, why would you arrange for this? You're not friends with Charles. Right. Yeah, Chad Daybell, the guy that is the head of this, you know, crazy cult that, you know, about the coming of <laughs> the second coming of Jesus with 144,000 people. Where is Charles's family that this guy, this random guy, they don't know that he's dead yet, probably. I would oh imagine. My God. I mean, he's kind of figuring, okay, let's get Just this. Just immediately we're talking cremation and it's some guy who's 
not, not associated with them at all. <laughs> okay. So you can hear the, the you can hear the call. It's pretty fascinating. Um, in the beginning, he said his full name. He's like, "Yep, I'm Chad Daybell." And uh, so Chad Daybell, yeah, okay, got it. And then you can kind of almost hear him be like, "Shit, I said my name." Okay, well, it's already done. <laughs> yeah. You did that. It's like, oh my god, what a dumbass, idiot, just complete idiot. And he said that he was the nephew of Charles, so he's just making this stuff up. Okay, but I have a question. In a case like this, aren't we having the body somewhere that it can be really inspected? And because this is a crime, I mean, yeah. or a potential crime. It is, but then, I mean... We can't just be like, pop him in the incinerator, let's cremate him quickly. Right, but, I mean, they know how he died. Yes, they do, but don't we have to do a workup to make sure that this is not a murder versus a self-defense? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine. I, then they did all this. They saw the trajectory or the, you know, the the angle. They know that this Alex shot him. They know that the one angle was while he was on the ground, and I don't know. I'm sure they okay, did some work. So the question is, when was this phone call made in relation to when Charles was killed? Uh, very quickly okay. thereafter. All right, so he says he's the nephew. Yes, and uh, this is pretty funny. By the end of the call, he spelled his name Dayball. D-A-B-A-L. <laughs> he's like, I, I foiled them. I got them off my case now. Yeah, he's like, oh, um, yeah, that's D-A-B-A-L, pronounced Dayball. Even though in the beginning he said Chad Daybell. Like, so clearly. True. And I my, my ears are bad from rock concerts, but you can hear clearly. He said Chad Daybell. Oh, yeah, by the way, it's Dayball. Okay. Okay, buddy. Oh, okay. Totally Good different. job, you. You got me completely <laughs> so off smart. your uh, sense. So smart. This guy is just a genius, right? So um, five days after Charles's death, another another um, point here, uh, there's recording of Lori calling into Charles Life Insurance Company. Mm. Right? Convenient. I mean, you got to make sure your husband, you know, was I, accidentally You know what? I actually shot. think I heard this call on one of the podcasts that was doing an update. Oh, okay. So... She was inquiring about the $1 million life insurance policy. Yep. She, she told them he was shot, it was an accident, and that she was the primary beneficiary. Ugh. The person's like, do you know who the primary beneficiary? She's like, yes, me. Oh, it's sickening. Yep. Uh, unfortunately for Lori, days later, she found out that she was not the primary beneficiary. I remember hearing this, and I yep. was like, yes. <laughs> he had gone ahead and changed it. Yep. He changed it for, do you know who he changed it to? I do not. Um, it was his sister, the grandmother of JJ. Okay. So he wanted his kids to be taken care of. And he's like, if I leave it for her, he was worried about his life. Of course he was, because he had been threatened on multiple occasions. Yep. Yep. So, you know, he was just like, yeah, please take the money. Make sure JJ and Tylee, if she needs stuff, like take care of them. But I I can't trust that Lori's going to do. Oh, I would have loved to have seen Lori's face when she was told she was not the beneficiary. I'm sure blood dropped from her face Uh and just like whatever. So. Uh, we do have text messages between Lori and Chad after Lori found out that she didn't get the money. Oh, I love it. So Lori goes, so I talked to the insurance company. Uh, he changed it in March. So it was probably Ned before we got rid of him. Ugh, psychopath. So you have text messages here. Right. Before we got rid of him. Like, uh, you, once you again, lady, do you not understand that we can look back at your text messages? Mm. So she said before we got rid of him. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, that's that's open and closed right there. <laughs> right. I mean, although you you got to prove that clearly Ned was Charles. Charles even said, I'm Ned Schneider. So He's I mean, on record saying it. Yeah. Uh, or Nick. Nick. Nick Schneider. Sorry. He said Nick, but it was it actually is Ned. So she said, um, before we got rid of him, it's a spear through my heart. Um, unfortunately, this text was found like months and months later after it happened. Otherwise, it probably would have, you know. Just put her in jail right away before worse things could happen, unfortunately. So the spear through the heart is that she doesn't get the money. Correct. Like I said, the beneficiary turned out to be Charles' sister, Kay, the grandmother of JJ. So 
Um, Lori's niece, Melanie. So there's two Melanies in this this story too, which kind of got a little confusing. Mm-hmm. One is Lori's niece, Melanie, and then the other one is Lori's close friend. Like okay. at one point, uh, like one of her best friends. Mm-hmm. So Lori's niece, Melanie, texted Lori a week after Charles' death. And it was a weird text. And just tell me what you think of it here. She said, you should get a life insurance policy on JJ, Tylee, and you. Why? Because after Charles, we see that anything can always happen if it's the Lord's will. I mean, I'm not going to get a life insurance policy on my kids. Like, yeah. why would I? Uh, I don't know. Like, unless you think they're going to die. Right. I mean, people do that, I guess. If you have plenty of money, whatever. Yeah, I guess for me, my like in the situation we're in, I mean, I would have no reason to do that. I kind of feel like it's an extended warranty. Like, this is really morbid, but it feels like an ex- extended warranty. Like, you're betting against your kids. Right. Almost. That's how I feel. Yeah. Like, like why would I gamble that my perfectly knock on wood, praise Lord, she's healthy, yeah. 10 year old? Why would I? I don't know. Yeah. That's just me. What about your son? Do you know my son as well? Okay. I was I just want to make sure I was processing my thoughts. Okay. My lovely child's my son as well. 13 healthy <laughs> yeah. knock on wood again. No, you're just picking one. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. So yeah, that's her niece, Melanie. Um, I did bring her up because yeah, obviously the text message and I'll have a quick side story okay. uh, a little bit later. So uh, remember her. So detectives found all sorts of texts between Chad and Lori. Um, in one of them, Chad says, I'm heading to bed so that I can come snuggle tightly against you. I adore you. You are truly my best friend on earth and throughout eternity. Obviously, it wasn't real snuggling. No, because they're not together. Correct. Lori was in Arizona. Chad was still in Idaho. And by the way, still married to his wife for 29 years. Tammy. Does she know that this affair of whatever this twisted thing Tammy? is happening? Tammy? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. At this point. So... Uh, still the father of those five aye, children aye, aye. and all that stuff. So Chad told Lori that he would go into his closet at night and cross some otherworldly threshold. Mm, that's a powerful closet. Which uh, it's a weird euphemism for masturbating, uh, in my opinion, but uh, to be with Is her. that what he was talking about? We don't know for sure. But, okay. But he thinks he's a god, so he would just be like, I'm crossing into this world, I'm going to be with you. Oh, I thought it was like a portal. Like he'd enter the closet well, and he was there. Could be, maybe. Who knows? I mean... That's what probably what he felt, I guess. So uh, he said he'd cross that otherworldly threshold to be with her. He had to convince Lori that he was some supernatural being from a higher power. Otherwise, he probably figured he had no chance with her, basically. Mm-hmm. So he's, you know, just like, I'm just some, like, fat dude, <laughs> you know, that's out here. I'm an author, and this hot smoking babe is into me. So I got to get her somehow, some way. Did he believe this to be true, or was he just blowing smoke up her ass? Um, it's hard to say, but you, you, you really think that, yes, he thinks all this. Okay. 100%. So maybe it wasn't the whole hot blonde thing, this and that. Maybe he truly believed that they had been married and multiple other lives. Yeah. Could be either way. I mean, to, to sane people like us, you would think that it's a big story, but to him, maybe it was everything. Right. And it was so convincing to her and she needed something like that in her life. And she's like, yes, I am too. Finally, we found each other. It's kind of like Ghostbusters was like, I am Zool. I'm the gatekeeper. You ever see Ghostbusters? Yes, I have. It's just been a while. <laughs> okay. Your, your face was the same. I'm like, okay, I'm not going anywhere with this This one. isn't working. Yeah. Uh, so immediately after Charles was killed, Chad created a two-chapter two love story. Uh, and I, from, I didn't read much about it because I didn't want to, but um, I guess it got kind of racy, very descriptive of some sexual acts and stuff. But he wrote a two-chapter love story via text message. All via text. So nice this is, and handy. Yep, it's all available if you want to read it out there, folks. That he sent to Lori, depicting a lot of what they had done, how they met at a conference, and how they'd had relationships in previous lives. It was written as fiction. He changed their now get this. He changed their names to James and Elena. 
Oh, we have friends with <laughs> those do. names. We do. Actually, I do remember that from a podcast because I was like, oh, our buddies James and Elena. Yeah, yeah. I got to tell them about this. Uh, one funny part was about after they met and made out at the conference. And met and made out? Yeah. So did they get a hotel room? Um, I, it sounds like they did it in the conference oh, like lobby or something. So <laughs> it wasn't like they were like, hey, hey, blah, 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 blah. maybe they just like <laughs> snuck away. Maybe. I don't know. Uh-huh. I wasn't there. Thank God. You so, weren't there? Yeah. Oh. But uh, so the funny part about it was, you know, he kind of described it and he said, this was manifest in the mortal world. This is a quote. This was manifest in the mortal world to James and Elena through the scientific phenomenon known as loin fire. Oh, my God. Which is loin fire. Well, is that a boner? Uh, yeah. And it reminded me of us. Like when we wake up, I we both have loin fire for one another. <laughs> so I thought that was cute. Oh, yeah. Very, very cute for these loin murderous fire. fuck faces. So yeah, loin fire. Which, That's a good one. Yeah. For our loyal loin fire for each other here. But uh, I, I digress. Uh, a month after Charles' death, Lori was kind of pissed that Chad was still with his wife. Okay, well, you're together in all these worlds and you love me so much. What are you still doing married? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Lori's like, like, listen, I killed my husband. Um, It's time for you to kind of pay the piper. Yeah, basically. You're sitting back and still living your life. Yeah, and she's starting to kind of push away from him a little bit. She sends him a text. Oh, don't worry about me. I'm just a distraction. Go have fun with your family. We have nothing until things change. Hmm. So he's like, babe, no, you're everything. She's like, no, we, we have nothing. There's literally nothing here until things change. Bitches, kill your, mm-hmm. your wife. Take care of this. Correct. Or, you know, there's always divorce, too. That works. Which no. she didn't have to get rid of Charles because he was already gone. He wasn't living with her. They were in the process of divorce. Why did she have to kill him? Because it's also their duty to get rid of these zombies. So they can, I guess, well, although Christ would get rid of the zombies. But there's other zombies they're saying in the world. Right. You, you can't know? get rid of all of them. Exactly. You can't eliminate, go on a shooting spree. Oh, you're a zombie. Boom, you're gone. Yeah. Well, I guess in her mind she could because she's a goddess or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he refers to her as a goddess a lot. Ugh. So he's just like, you know, pumping her up and stuff. And this is my goddess. How come you don't ever call me your goddess? Um, I do in my my brain. I just don't want to pump you up. You should though. No, no, no. I'm not going. <laughs> would to. you like more coffee, my goddess? Next po- next podcast. It's me and my goddess, uh, Allison. I would punch you in the throat if you called me your goddess. That's uh, that's not nice. Not nice at all. <laughs> I'm not nice. Very aggressive. So, um, this is uh, two months after Charles's death. Uh, we get to September 2019. Okay. After she said, I'm just a distraction, two days later, Lori texted a friend that said, I got father saying things are moving. Father? Yeah. She referred to him as father. That's creepy. And she's mother, I guess. Oh. Yeah. They're like the, they they think they're God and goddess of everything, oh. basically. Um, that I need to get to Idaho by the end of the month. So, And that's where he's living. Correct. So there's plans mm-hmm. of something happening, basically. You know, things things are happening here. Fast forward two months after Charles' death in September 2019. Lori Vallow moved closer to Chad Daybell. To Idaho. Yep. She relocated her kids to Rexburg, Rexburg, Idaho. And Lori's brother, Alex Cox, moved into the same rental complex. Oh, my God. Alex, please go get a life. No, man. His life is his sister, basically. It's time to fly and live your own life. Yeah. Yeah. You would think so. Um, But no, he's he's just kind of his little... Puppy dog. Yeah, exactly. Um, there were still three inconvenient people standing in the way of the mission oh, at no. this point. One was Chad's wife, Tammy, another Ty Lee, mm-hmm. and another JJ. Yep. That's disgusting. 16-year-old Ty Lee, seven-year-old JJ, unfortunately. New, um, new info obtained showed that Chad sent an email to Lori two days after they met in Utah 
saying that Ty Lee was dark, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at this point, things aren't looking good for the kids. Like, looking back, obviously, we wish we knew this at the point. Right, and, of course. Yeah. To prevent this horrible thing from happening. Yep. Um, something that'll prove to be a little ironic here in the moment um, was when Ty Lee was younger. At one point, Lori asked for her brother Alex's help to keep Tylee away from her biological father, Joe Ryan. Alex ended up going to prison for attacking Joe, <sighs> Joe Ryan. Uh, he uh, shocked him with a you know, taser taser, and uh, tried to beat him up and stuff like that. So this, this guy's like a fucking lunatic. Basically. Yeah. And he will just do anything his sister wants him to do. Yep. Because he said he wanted to protect Tylee from him so that Tylee could stay safe with her mother. He was a protector of Tylee. And you know why this is going to be ironic, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 years after protecting Tylee and saying, I just want the best for Tylee, Chad was now the one calling the shots. So instead of Alex, it's Chad? Yep. So now so it's... Lori's put her power into Chad and taking it away from Alex. Yes, and kind of making Alex the little puppy uh-huh. that goes and does the things for her and her, her otherworldly being. So the host of the Hidden True Crime podcast I mentioned earlier, they brought up the fact that we have to remember a lot of the stuff is based on the Bible. So the story, there's a story of Abraham and Isaac. I don't, you know, I'm not a huge Bible guy. I read it, but it's just like, you know. There's a lot of stories. Yeah. So what it was, was God wanted to see if Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son. And it seems like Chad is kind of testing Lori to see if she'll sacrifice her kids so they can complete their mission. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he's seeing how powerful he can be over her at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and what he can manipulate her to do. Right, right. And kind of testing, like, well, yeah, you got to read your husband, that's fine. But like, obviously, these kids are dark too, so get rid of them. You know, I, there's no transcript of that exact thing, but that's kind of where it's leaning at this point. Okay. Mm-hmm. A few days after Lori and her kids moved to Idaho, they went to Yellowstone Park and posed for some pictures with Uncle Alex. And they were smiling and all that stuff and you know, cute little pictures. You can Looks yeah. like everyone's having a good time. Yep. By that evening, September 8th, 2019, they were all back in their homes and their rental townhouses. Then in the middle of the night, GPS records show that Alex went to Lori's house and spent two hours there. So it wasn't a normal occurrence. He didn't normally spend the night. I mean, he's in the same complex. So there's really no reason. I mean, unless they're hanging out or something like that. Well, sure. It's normal for family to come over and hang out. Yeah, but it was like between 2 and 4 a.m. Oh, okay. Got that. I missed that part. Yeah, no, I that, didn't that's not normal. You didn't. You missed it because I didn't say it. But it was in the early morning hours around 2 to 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tylee was never seen alive after that. Oh, my stomach feels sick. Yeah. It's sad. She's a cute kid, man. Just it's all kids are cute, you know, but it's just I I just love kids so much, you know, and it's it's a it's a tough thing, obviously, for anybody. But September 9th, 2019, the morning after Tylee Ryan disappeared, investigators say that Alex Cox's cell phone GPS placed him in Chad Daybell's backyard on the property for about two hours. Hmm. Okay, about 14 minutes after Cox's GPS showed him leaving the property, Chad Daybell texted his wife, Tammy Daybell. The text read, I spotted a big raccoon along the fence. I hurried and got my gun, and he was still walking along. I got close enough that uh, one shot did the trick. He's now in our pet cemetery. He had a pet cemetery where they buried their dogs and cats and stuff. And raccoons? Was this a raccoon you said? Yes, that's what he said. Yeah. Okay. So there was some story being corroborated here, and you know, if somebody heard a gunshot, that's what it was. Okay, and this is to Tammy. Yep, Chad sent it to his wife, Tammy, just in case she heard a gunshot, okay. I guess, probably. Uh, less than a week later, September 14th, Lori and JJ went to a wildlife park called Yellowstone Bear World. Okay. There's even texts that say, hey, we're at Bear World, and it's a beautiful day. It's a lovely day. Um, that same week, 
Friends recalled Lori saying that JJ had become a zombie. Oh, God. And what, I mean, what are your friends saying in response to this? Well, I'm trying to think of that. So, oh, man, he's such a zombie. Like, was it like, oh, he's such a zombie? It's just like, well. Like uh, he's a slug? Like, yeah, get up you, and do something around the house? Like, maybe it's just like an off put. Like, kind of like you don't you don't pay attention to it. Maybe like, oh, he didn't get a lot of sleep, you mean? Like, what do you mean zombie? Well, yeah, if somebody said he's a zombie, I'd assume he was tired. Right. But she truly meant like. He's a zombie. That's why I'd want to know what these conversations were with her friends because I'd be like, well, what do you mean? Right. So many opportunities to save things. And there's, believe me, this whole story has tons of Facebook posts. It all happened like on Facebook because all these people went on Facebook and posted about shit. So there's tons of stuff. Like people feel like they're a part of the family, especially Church of Latter-day Saints, Mormons, you know, the close-knit group and everything. They all posted about things and had like a piece of the story, basically. So yeah, she said that JJ had become a zombie. And if friends could have stepped in at some point, you know, but we don't know, like maybe, oh, you didn't get a lot of sleep. You didn't, you know, he's not, whatever it is. So maybe she's referring to his autism or whatever, but I don't know. It's, it's sad either way. Okay. So now we go to September 22nd. JJ disappears. Okay. A photo of JJ wearing red pajamas taken on September 22nd, 2019. in what was believed to be his last known photo as a seven-year-old um i'm gonna post a picture of that on the instagram um it's uh it's it's important for a reason so uh that day Lori sent alex a text do you have eggs alex said do you want me to get eggs and bring them to you so it's not just about eggs that she's talking about um the podcast host said that apparently a street name for valium and xanax is eggs oh so they i guess they spoke in code a lot obviously they're doing a lot of bad shit so they know they don't want it to be black and white Mm -hmm. so after the eggs after he gets the eggs it's likely that she wanted to dose her son so she could do whatever she wanted with him yeah so that evening after the egg conversation friends of Lori were staying with them melanie gibb and her boyfriend david warwick so this is the other melanie not the not the niece not the niece but one of her best friends melanie gibb they were out of town and just staying there yep staying visiting um whatever they were doing and they were both interviewed also mm-hmm. I think there's interviews of both of these people on that night david warwick says he saw alex cobb carry jj into Lori's apartment so earlier in the day jj i guess was kind of acting up a little bit and you know i'm sure he has some issues you know being autistic and stuff and, mm-hmm. you know whatever it might be maybe things just got to him he had a rough day but um alex took him outside for a few hours they were at um Lori's house. Lori's house yep alex took him outside and he brought him back a few hours later, and he was asleep on Alex's shoulder. Okay. So probably drugged him. Mm-hmm. Valium and Xanax, these eggs. Yep, exactly. Um, so, yeah, Alex carries JJ into Lori's apartment. Uh, but then the next morning, according to David Warwick, when he asked to see JJ, Lori repeatedly, reportedly told them that JJ was being a zombie and that Alex Cox had to take him away. What? Yeah. So um september 23rd uh the day after jj was last seen investigators say alex cox's cell phone showed the cox returned to chad daybell's backyard again this time cox was there for only 17 minutes Mm. according to court documents quote police learned that Lori vallow used the website www.care.com to find a babysitter for jj uh they contacted the babysitter and she informed them that she watched jj on september 19th okay the babysitter understood that her employment was to be ongoing. The babysitter reports that on September 24th, 
she reached out to Lori, and Lori told her that JJ had gone to stay with his grandma for several weeks and that the babysitter services were no longer needed. Okay. So at this point, JJ's uh, out of the picture. Yeah. JJ's gone. Oh my God. Yep. Sad stuff. So it, it in America, like this, this story blew up because these kids are, un, they don't know where they are. Basically, not not at this point, not that not just yet. No one's even aware that they're not there. So Melanie and David are there. Hey, where's JJ? Is he up yet? Oh no, he had to go because he's a zombie. Alex took him. Yeah. Okay. Like, um. So what do you do? Go have coffee and spend the rest of the day. Like if if somebody said that to me, I'd be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Well, yeah. Like, what do you mean, zombie? Like, what do you mean he had to take him away because he's a zombie? What do you mean? Like, I would have follow up questions about that. Well, they're probably just like, yeah, he was being difficult. He's going to take him to his house yeah, and play. Yeah, just this whole zombie talk. Like, I mean, you could probably talk through any of that stuff. Especially I, I being Especially being Lori. You could probably just be like, oh, you know, it's just one of those days. You'll see him next time. Don't worry. Uh-huh. Okay, so he's just gone and then whatever. Yeah. Quick side story. Going back to Melanie the niece. Right? <laughs> where does Melanie the niece live? Actually in Arizona. Okay, I'm sorry. so she's back from where they came from in Arizona. Yeah. Lori's niece, Melanie Boudreaux. You remember her texting her sister about the about life insurance? About the life insurance, yes. Yep. She was married to a guy named Brandon Boudreaux at this time. Um, I, I only bring this up because this is like in the timeline. This happened at this point. On October 2nd, Brandon came home from working out and noticed a car stop at the end of his driveway. Okay. Someone started shooting at him. What? Yeah. Somebody shot bullets. Oh, my gosh. At him. Like, just completely, you know, you're not expecting somebody to shoot at you or drive by. No, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> um, luckily, the shots missed. Brandon was fine, uh, but they were able to identify the car and the person driving the car. Was it Chad or Alex? <laughs> good, good, good guess. The car was owned by Charles Vallow. So, it was owned by Charles. Charles. Well, Charles is dead Of at course this point. he is. He, he bought it for uh, Ty Lee. Okay, so this is Tylee's car. Tylee's car that Charles owned okay. before his death. And the driver was Alex Cox. Oh, my gosh. Why is he going after Brandon? Because Melanie, I guess, is like part of this whole sect. And I'm guessing that she thinks that he's, he's dark, He's a too. zombie as well? Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. How do you get this many people on board with your craziness? Yeah. And to answer your question, they're all Mormon, too. So they're all part of the Mormon church. But this is, again, no, not part of the Mormon No, this has nothing beliefs. to do with yeah. that. But... So Melanie is so far gone that she thinks her husband is dark and come on back to because, you know, Alex at this point is living in Idaho. So he goes back to Arizona to eliminate Brandon. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. This is a web. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. Right. And And this is just shortly after uh, JJ and Tylee have gone missing. Yeah. It's almost like something was activated in them. Now he's kind of cool with just kind of going after anybody and killing anybody. Now is Alex in the belief of this whole zombie thing? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't know if it was just like, do what I say. Um, you know, it's probably a little bit of both. Uh-huh. He's, you know, loves his sister so much and is so into her that I think anything <sighs> is on the table right now. But yeah, he's, he's part of this cult. Wow. Or, um, they, you know, you look it up online and people say it wasn't as much a cult as it was like an extremist group. Yeah, they had these very extreme beliefs. Uh-huh. Like, and obviously, at this point, they're like terrorists Yeah, within their own family. So you had said that Alex went over to Lori's house on the 8th of September between 2 and 4 a.m., but that JJ didn't disappear until the 22nd. What was he doing at the house on the 8th? Um, I don't know. What was happening between 2 and 4 a.m. on the 8th? Okay, found it here. So on the 8th, that's when Tylee disappeared. So 
And they, you know, that's when they went out to the Yellowstone Park, and they—that was the last picture that Tylee was in. And the Yellowstone Park was um, what was the date on that? I don't uh, remember. Sorry. That's okay. I'm trying to just get my. No, that was September eighth. Oh, okay. So they they left and went to Yellowstone. They took pictures, and just that's the last time Tylee was ever seen. Correct. One assumes she's 16 years old. She's in high school. That's what I looked into. Why, why was she not reported to be absent and missing? I'm telling you, I tried to look into that, and if somebody else found this information, then you know, great job. But I couldn't find that the school ever reported anything to anybody. I mean, we took our kid to the doctor the other day, and I got a call from the attendance office. Well, we did. Yeah, yeah, but, we each did. But the cops. Well, we did, but I don't know what's the protocol there when a kid just disappears from coming to school and without a word. I know Lori. Well, she probably called the school and said. I know for a fact Lori called JJ out and said she was homeschooling him. I know that. So maybe she did something similar. I right. couldn't find for sure that she did the same for One Tylee. would assume she was covering her tracks Correct. and calling them out. Right. But I couldn't find anything. But okay. that's what I'm guessing the same thing. All right. So um, we're back October 2nd. Brandon is shot at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is a random side story. This is the one I told you. I don't know. We're already like an hour 17 into this. And I'm like... Should I include this or not? It's a quick story. Well, it's kind of a big thing. Absolutely. <laughs> An attempted murder is <laughs> An big. An attempted murder. I'm sure Brandon thinks it's a big thing. Huge. Yeah. So at this point, Brandon is like, this is crazy. I'm going to take the kids. Um, and he kind of went into hiding. Well, I don't blame him. Yeah. And Melanie's trying to play the victim card like her uh, auntie. They learned together. Yeah. And she's like, no, you know, it, it, there was a time where she was found trespassing on his property. And the cops are like, no, listen, you're told to stay away from this property. So Melanie was trespassing on Brandon's property. Correct. So he got like a restraining order against yep. her. Okay, so good. He was able to see that something's not right here with yeah. Melanie. And guess who drove her to go do this? Uh, Alex. Alex. Yep. So she's, you know, you can see the police body cam footage. They're like, ma'am, you have to leave. She's like, my kids are in there. I want to make sure they're safe. Just, you know, she's playing the victim. I just, my, my kids, I'm worried about what he'll do to the kids. Yeah, now yeah. he's the bad guy again. Yeah, and obviously police showing up. They're like, okay, this she's cute girl, you know, again, like, okay, let's check in. They go inside the house. They're like, yeah, they're totally safe. You need to leave. Yeah, goodbye. Yeah, and uh, so after that happened, you know, I'm not sure where that happened exactly on the timeline, somewhere in that story, but I, you know, I saw so many videos here. So they end up saying, you know what, I'm going to give you a ticket for trespassing. Um, so you just sit down here real quick. And then they're like, well, actually, you know what, come into the office. Let's, let's, let's bring you in and talk a little bit more about this. They gave her a, a higher charge of trespassing. Um, because she entered the garage, it was like more, it was some like domestic, uh, domestic, um, battery or not battery but attempted battery or something like that um so it was it was a, a higher charge where uh -huh. she had to go into jail oh wow okay so more than a ticket it was a jailable offense they go to alex they're like hey um she's gonna be booked in jail he's like okay where do i bail her out and it's just like okay just so easy yeah yeah so that whole thing is just a side story just a side story to this craziness mm -hmm. now let's go to uh, october 4th okay shortly after brandon was shot at <laughs> yeah after Brandon got got shot at, I'm laughing because it's so ridiculous. It's insane, and I'm sorry, Brandon. Like you, you I'm sure you don't deserve this stuff. So, um, there's text between Chad and Lori. Chad goes, "Hello, sweet angel. Big news about Tammy. Please let me know when you're oh, awake and no. can talk. Tammy. I love you. I love you." The short version, he says. So this is still his text. She didn't say anything back, so he's like, "I'm so excited. I got to tell you." The short version is that she has been switched. Tammy is in limbo. Oh my gosh, what does that mean? And a level three demonic entity is in her body. 
not fully sure on the timing for removal, but I don't want to wait. So that's that's the text in its entirety. Uh, by the way, the entity inside of Tammy is Viola. Viola is the name. Yeah. Like Ned, and yeah. now she's Viola. Correct, correct. Mm. So he's really excited. So their belief is that the true soul of the person that was in the host body they go into a limbo until oh and that's why they want to kill these zombies because then the person that's in limbo gets to go to heaven okay so they're saving this person correct that's why so i, I didn't remember that so they, they think they're doing something good supposedly or they might know exactly what they're doing and using this whole shit show as a cover yes uh, in either way i could see either way with these people so <sighs> um so yeah, a level three demonic. It's not a level two, so this is kind of a big deal. What's the top level? Is I don't three even know. The, is three the most? I would imagine. Okay. I didn't look too much into that because I don't, you know, if I start reading about it, I'll start believing it. Yeah, I don't want you to do that. Then all of a sudden you're like Madge, Midge. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what my name would be. Yeah, some Blanche. And uh, yeah, so that she things are in motion here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, in his own fucked up mind, he's like, oh yeah, she's gone. Good. Now I can kill her and get rid of this zombie, basically. So we go from October 4th to October 9th. Uh, Tammy Daybell posted on Facebook. I even got a little picture of it here. Mm. Uh, She goes, okay, neighbors, something really weird just happened. And I want you to know so you can watch out. Kind of just warning her neighbors. I'd gotten home and parked in our front driveway. As I was getting stuff out of the back seat, a guy wearing a ski mask was suddenly standing by the back of my car with a paintball gun. Okay. Uh, He shot at me several times, although I don't think it was loaded. I yelled. That's horrifying. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I yelled for Chad, and he ran off uh, around the back of my house. I have no idea what his motive was, and he never spoke. Uh, let's hope she called 911 about this. Even after I asked him several times what he thought he was doing, I was about to smack him with my freezer meats, freezer meals from enrichment tonight when I decided to yell for Chad instead. Oh, I mean, if a guy was standing at the back of my car with a, what I think could or could not be a paintball gun or maybe a real gun... I would call 911 immediately. Yeah, odds are that this was absolutely a real gun and odds are that was probably Alex. Oh my god. So they don't we don't know for sure, you know, because it was never a thing. I don't know if she called 911 cuz she thought it was a prank. I'll bet you Chad probably talked her into thinking it was a prank. Of course. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it was a neighborhood kid being stupid. Yeah. Probably a non-Christian boy, you know, well, coming after Christians. That that whole thing kind of spinning it around. Uh-huh. Who knows? I, who knows what he said, but you know he's a manipulative fuck, so you're you're in this situation uh, police like i said don't think it was a prank um so Lori's brother alex texted Lori from a burner phone that night he said i'm showing drive time from apartment to chad's house is about 10 10 minutes so we're plotting something out <laughs> so, so that was allegedly absolutely alex okay at this point alex is kind of a hitman for their little right. extremist cult group um so we go from october 9th to october 19th okay. well, all these things happening very quickly here is viola still there or is tammy present well once the 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 darkness or the zombie enters the, it's no going back yeah they're gone so as far as they're concerned she needs to be off so there's there's tammy's gone i'm viola. surprised they're waiting because you know on the fourth is when chad texts Lori about this level three limbo bit with viola well they're not waiting they tried on the ninth to kill her that was still five days after the initial text about Tammy being in limbo. Well, that was him identifying and saying, finally. Now we're 15 days out from that. Well, they tried to shoot her on the 9th, and Alex can't shoot, I guess. 
Did he just freeze? Um, I, it's it's hard to accurately shoot somebody, from what I understand. Because, I never shot at somebody, well, so I don't know. Picture you have a tiny projectile, right? A bullet is small, uh-huh. right? And if somebody's 10 feet in front of you, I mean, you have to kind of aim down exactly. Like, if you just kind of shoot from here, odds are you're going to miss them. Like, shoot I, from your hip. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, you Like, the, the stuff you see in movies isn't how it really works in real life. Sure. Like, you have to be good and draw down and look down the right eye uh-huh. and, like, hit them spot on like unless you're like trained it's it's hard to hit somebody well i've seen people at a shooting range and the paper has like the bullets all over the place and not many hit the cutout person yeah so and that's somebody looking i mean yeah it's 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 hard so but it, alex is especially shitty at shooting i guess which is good for well in this for situation tammy. tammy at that point and mm-hmm. then also brandon oh, no so october 19th with Lori vallow's children's whereabouts unknown tragedy struck at chad daybell's family's house Okay, can you guess what happened? Tammy's dead. Correct. Tammy Daybell died. Oh, my God. The couple's son, Garth Daybell, said Tammy died in bed and that he and Chad called 911. Uh, The Daybell children told 48 Hours that Chad and them, they declined an autopsy. How how old is Tammy at this point? She's got to probably be in her 40s. Tammy is 49 at this point. Because 49-year-olds don't just die in their bed. You know, something goes wrong. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they do. Well, well I mean, Not they often. do. Of course they do. It could be a stroke. It could be a pulmonary embolism, whatever it is. But you'd think you'd want to know what happened. Yeah. Um, they say the coroner told them that Tammy's death appeared to be natural causes. They believe that because they say their mom was ill, in ill health prior to her death. Huh. I'd imagine slowly being poisoned. Wow. So I'd imagine. So that hasn't come out yet. So... Um, you will not be surprised. Police records and phone records show that Alex was parked near Chad and Tammy's that night. Mm, shocker. This Alex guy, man, he's the angel of death. Police found a text sent to Lori by a friend. Lori's friend said, I'm not sure if you heard, but Chad's wife died last night. Lori goes, oh my gosh, I did not hear that. I'm in Hawaii and it's 6 a.m. Do you know what happened? Friend said, yes. She awoke in the night coughing, threw up, collapsed and passed away. So Tammy was buried uh, days later in Utah. No autopsy, like I said, Chad's choice. Um, And really, like, law enforcement didn't have a reason to be suspicious because, you know, they didn't know what happened in Arizona. So they're not linking Chad and Lori at this point that both of their spouses have died. Correct. Because of different states. So if you're going to kill off off people, definitely move states. But now they're living in the same states. Right. Now they are. So now things are going to start being tracked on Mm -hmm. them. Can we pause? Yeah, absolutely. All right, now we go to November 5th, 2019. So naturally, about two weeks after the death of Chad's wife, he wants to get away. So he wants to go to Hawaii. Who do you think he went with? Well, Lori was in Hawaii when Tammy was killed. So she's there the whole time. Yes. So uh, he goes, yeah, goes to see Lori Vallow. Doesn't he have five children? Yeah, Sure does. I'm sure the people in the church are helping to take care. Well, they're they're kind of older too, so it's not like they're little. Okay. Um, they're teenagers and such, and yeah, you know, I'm sure older ones take care of the younger ones and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but it wasn't about just getting away. Oh no! I actually wrote that. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Um, are they getting married? You got it. Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell got married on the beach in Hawaii. There's so pictures and everything. They're very happy, <laughs> both wearing white. This is. Less than a month after his wife... Two weeks. ...suspiciously dies in her sleep. Yeah. And now he's on the beach getting married. Yeah. Not even a month. Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. 
Tammy's family was obviously upset. I would be <laughs> like... <laughs> they were like, you guys are like God-fearing people and like this is like you're not... This is messed up. Yeah, our daughter deserves to be, you know, like mourned. sad. Mourned. Yeah, exactly. Mourned about, you know, the the mother of your children. Like, come on. What's, what's I mean, obviously, here? everyone knew there was something going on before because yeah. you you don't connect with somebody to the point you marry them in two weeks. Right. And there was a quick interview with the person that rented the property to them in Hawaii. She's mm-hmm. <laughs> she's a, a goofy like old lady, older lady. But she's like, I knew there was something going on. Like it was it was kind of it's kind of funny. Not funny, but, you know, she knew there was something going on for sure because mm-hmm. she rented it to them, whatever. Oh, they're very happy. And for whatever reason, she Googled Ch- Chad Daybell. Really? So enough that he like came to a radar. Maybe. And maybe she's just, you know, nosy or yeah, whatever. Possibly. But right away on Google pops up that Chad Daybell's wife died two weeks earlier. Jesus. So she texts him. She's like, oh, hey, just saw that your wife died. Uh, so sorry. He's like, yeah, it was sudden. I just got married. And he's like, oh, well, you're, you're with somebody. So and then they go back and forth for a little. And then she goes, so what do the autopsy say? <laughs> Oh my goodness, this lady said that. <laughs> and she's like so proud of herself. Oh, she's that's like, hilarious. I asked him what the autopsy said. And she's like, and right away, that's when he didn't, he stopped responding. So she's like, she knew, he knew that I knew. She's a little sleuth. Oh yeah, she was very proud of herself. Um, so yeah, she's like, she's just like, nope, we're not talking anymore. Um, later that month, JJ's grandmother, Charles' sister, Charles Valley's yeah, sister. Yeah, I'm wondering like, when in the hell are these kids going to be talked about? Yeah. Kay Woodcock, she asked police to check on JJ's welfare. She said she was concerned, hadn't heard from JJ in months. Yeah. She's like, what's going on? Can you please check on him? I'm worried. I haven't talked to my grandson. What's going on? Okay. Um, so they're looking into it. They're asking and whatever. Um, November 26th, Rexburg, er, er, Rexburg, Idaho police went to Lori's house looking for JJ. Mm-hmm. Um, police say... Lori lied to them. There's actually a recording of her voice. Um, She's disgusting. They're like, where's JJ? She's like, oh, JJ's safe. He's in Arizona staying with my friend, Melanie Gibb. Okay. And Melanie had been at the house at the time that JJ went missing. Yep. And at first, um, Melanie Gibb wasn't forthcoming. So she was kind of hiding it a little bit for her friend. I mean, I would say, where the fuck is JJ? Yeah. Like, what What the fuck's wrong with you? So what does Melanie know at this point? Where does she think JJ is? I don't know. So they're trying to get all that out. It's part of the investigation. I mean, if my friend called and said, if the police call you, I, I might, I, my first question is, well, where are they? Yeah, but like, so pretty quickly thereafter, she called police and told them JJ was not with her. Oh, thank God. Yeah. So that got the ball rolling very quickly here. So while the police attempted to locate JJ, investigators soon realized that his sister, Tylee Ryan, was also missing. And they launched a nationwide search for the children. So this is kind of when everything blew up. Because once kids are involved and they're Mm -hmm. missing. Where are they? Yeah. People are like, what's going on? So this became nationwide. And this all came to a head at the end of November? November 26th. Okay. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is where everybody got involved. Probably where a lot of people that know the story. Came in. First started hearing about it. November 26th, 2019. And all the shit had happened already. Oh, my gosh. So um, December. While investigators searched for the missing children, Lori and Chad Daybell traveled back to Hawaii. Oh, interesting. You go back to Hawaii while your two children are missing. Correct. Um, just, do, do, so they're just beyond trying to pretend at this point. Yep. And meanwhile, 
Fremont County Sheriff's investigators grew suspicious about Tammy Daybell's death. So they're like, I hope so. Wait a minute. This lady's kids are missing. This guy's wife they're died. They're together. They're they married. married. Yeah. There's a lot of. Tammy was 49. Uh-huh. What the hell happened? Yep. They exhumed her body Good. to conduct an autopsy. Good. The autopsy was complete in February of this year. Oh, February of this year? Yeah. It took like a year. Why? Two, well, eight, almost two years? A year and a half or whatever. No, almost, oh, almost two, two years. Why? I don't know. Very, very thorough. I uh, yeah. I don't know. So I thought the same thing. That's quite a long time. Yeah. I guess toxicology. Oh, you know what? I know why. From researching other things, they can't search for one thing. Yeah, we had talked about that in one of our podcasts Correct. in terms of toxicology. So it takes a long time. Okay. You got to... And the, um, it was complete uh, What at what point of this year? February. February of this year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what did we find? I uh, got some bad news. Uh, we don't know. What? Yep, sorry. Oh. Sorry, folks. So there, it's it's being held back because it's part of an active investigation. Okay. So as you can imagine, because Chad and Lori are still waiting for trial. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's going to be part of that. It's coming out. It's going to come out. We're going to know. Yeah. But we don't know right now. I would imagine it's not good. No. Okay, so they exhumed Tammy's body in December of 2019 while Chad and Lori are like off frolicking on the beaches of Hawaii. In Hawaii, yep. While her two children are missing. Yep. Uh, And get this. That same month, December, Lori's brother Alex collapsed. What? Alex Cox collapsed in his bathroom. Wow. Yeah. How old is Alex? That's a great question. Let's take a look to here. Alex was 51 when he died. So he's in Idaho. He collapses. Yeah. So he collapses um, in his bathroom and died in Arizona. Wow. Oh, in Arizona. Yeah. He's back in Arizona. Yeah. Because he had moved to Idaho. Yes. With Lori. Yeah. So yeah, a weird thing happened here. He had married somebody in the meantime. He wasn't married like ever any of the story here. But two weeks before his death, he married someone named Zalima. Zalima? Zalima. Okay. She was part of this church, not just the church, but also this sect of Chad Daybell's where they believed every like all this crazy shit. Okay. Um, pretty much Chad and Lori made them get married. Huh. Um, they they kind of talked them into marrying each other. Um they were like, Zalima, you, it, it is known that you should marry Alex. Like, it is in the scripture, whatever the fuck they said. Okay. And Alex, same thing. Like, he was kind of like, they were like, Alex, you need to marry Zalima. And they're like, okay, yeah. So both of them are kind of like not really super into each other. Well, they probably don't really know each other that well. <laughs> right. Or unless well, they, they did. Do. I don't know. No. Yeah, they did. Um, You know, they're part of this crazy uh, cult. Okay. So very quickly, this all went down. They got married. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little side story. She's interviewed, and uh, there's there's video of her talking about what happened too. And the cops are like, "Don't do you think that he truly loved you, or do you think it was just something that Chad and Lori wanted?" Almost like an arranged marriage. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, "You know, I asked myself a lot of the same thing." Um, and so, actually, the quick side story. So when they got married, Chad or Alex was like, um, "Hey, Zalima, um, I can give you a massage. I can give you like they got married in Las Vegas." Um, she's like, he's like, I can give you a massage. How about we, I give you a massage. She's like, okay, sounds good. He had been a massage therapist actually, Alex. Um, but his license got taken away for sexual misconduct. Okay. So I don't know if he was trying to bone his, uh, one would imagine his massages got a little inappropriate. Yes. A little handsy. Um, so he's like, yeah, I'll give you a massage. You know, you look tense and she's like, oh, it sounds great. He's like, okay, well we got to stop at uh, the hardware store. I need to get like a plastic, you know, big piece of plastic. (laughs) 
I'm sorry. My massages don't go with tarps. Well, you haven't had a good massage. Apparently, I haven't. Yeah. Is there a lot of oil involved? We're trying to protect the sheets. Like, what's happening that's here that what, we need a tarp? That's what his reasoning was. That okay. there's going to be oil and I don't want to get it on the sheets. Okay. So, also, you have visions of a Dexter-style thing here. Uh-huh. Where it's like... We're trying to keep the area clean. I'm going to murder you and I'm going to package it all together and then go Nice, easy cleanup. Correct. So, she, in this this massage she starts to become very very drowsy mm, maybe she had some eggs yes there's probably some eggs in the room um she and she's like in and out of sleep she she explained it where she's like waking up and hearing him talking to somebody she didn't know if he was talking to chad and Lori, and maybe like yeah it's it's happening or whatever um finally each of their spouses are pretty much targets to be killed basically and uh, she's like i don't know i was in and out of sleep and finally just woke up and you know everything was fine yeah everything was fine so i don't i don't know if i believe that because alex has no problem killing people maybe right. he actually loved her who knows so I, I don't know oh my god but anyway so now now we're back to alex being dead here okay um an autopsy was performed it was determined he died of blood clots in his lungs oh so he might have just naturally died yes wow so in, interesting timing that is very interesting timing yeah um because at the time also he was getting a little wise to things he was starting to be like i think they're just using me as a hitman <laughs> oh my god now all of a sudden he's seeing the light yeah and then zalim is like what do you mean what are you talking about and he's like nothing so she didn't know about all this shit in the background wow. she just he just she knew that he was not happy with chad and Lori, the way he was being treated by them uh-huh. well hello you're being manipulated like they're holding the puppet strings and you are doing whatever they want you to do yeah absolutely i don't know what his role is in jj entirely but it's probably not it's good yeah it's definitely something um zalima said he'd been complaining of chest pains for about a week okay so a pe got him yep all right so now we go to january 25th and we're still looking for the kids correct so they're looking for the kids. Lori's like, they're somewhere. <laughs> You're their mother. They're in Arizona. Oh, I forgot they're in. No, yeah. no. Right away, something is not right. A mother knows where her two children are. Correct. So January 25th, authorities served Lori in order requiring her to produce her children. Please and thank you. They're like, find them. Because this, like, you don't hop off to friggin' Hawaii while we're searching for your kids. You don't do that. Yep um so this went all the way to february 20th she refused to comply oh my god and she's just living her best life out in the world yeah mostly in hawaii mostly in hawaii <laughs> yeah do they have a lot of money well i mean a lot of these religious places you know they just take money from their people you know, they you know convince them to give a lot i mean no no it's great to give to a church don't get me wrong i'm saying well the, no i'm saying you're saying that sometimes there's the some cults have some bad fingers in the pot correct correct so um yeah, after failing to comply, Lori was arrested in Hawaii on February 20th. Oh my gosh, finally. Two weeks later, she was extradited to Idaho. Um, and actually, a quick little side story. I thought I'd put it in here. We got a lot of little side stories well, here. this isn't even a side story. So the people from Dateline, they went to Hawaii. I mean, during this, this was a huge story, uh, right? How? Where was I? What was I doing? I, Sleeping through the world? Well, like, how did I miss this? Yeah. I mean, and so I'm sure a lot of people know about it already, but they went to Hawaii and they walked up to Chad and Lori. And the guy's like, hey, hey, Lori, Chad, 
um, hey guys, and they turned around. They thought it was somebody from the resort, like kind of like asking so them. So they're just beaching. They're sitting in a cabana with like a pina colada at this point. At this point, they were walking along somewhere. They were walking out of the resort, going to the car maybe. Does she not work that she's able to be flitting over to Hawaii very often? Well, she works hard. Her mission is to Her mission is cleanse. eliminating the zombies. Correct. She's but working. she didn't actually have a job. Well, that was her job. That was her mission. I mean, she. I think she was a hairdresser. Back okay, in the day, so but nothing. flexible that she's going over to Hawaii often. And Sorry, now, that's just like a side thought. No, no, that's, that's a good question. Um, so she, she basically whatever money they're getting from this cult is is what they are. So yeah, the the guy comes up to him. Hey, uh, Chad, Lori, uh, where are the kids? Guys, where are the kids? And they're like, no comment, no comment. But it, they're on film correct, with us. Correct. It's, it's awesome to see it because it's like so damning. No it's like, comment. Yeah, like what the fuck's wrong with you? Where are your kids, you idiot? Like. Well, you know you've they've done something bad. Absolutely. Chad's walking faster. He's trying to just look down at the ground. Oh. Lori's like, you know, looking like a million bucks and just, you know. I'm so disgusted. Yeah. And this is like right as the pandemic was kind of getting going. So I, I'm surprised like it wasn't really overshadowed by the pandemic. Oh, yeah. You would think everybody would get into it. Because this is, well, but I'm saying is that the whole world was basically all COVID talk come Feb- uh, oh, March. So, but so that's I'm why surprised we that we, maybe I didn't hear about it because it was overshadowed by the pandemic. You're right. That's probably what happened. That's what I'm guessing. So even after Lori's arrest, yeah, they arrested her. They brought her back to Idaho. Even after her arrest, they refused to say where the children were. <laughs> There's even a video. Oh, yeah, that's I just talked about what I said. So was she saying, I don't know where they are, or was she saying, like, nothing? No comment. Okay, nothing. no comment. Yep. Um, pleading the fifth, basically. Uh, on June 9th, 2020, the FBI, police, and Fremont County Sheriff's Office searched Chad Daybell's home and his property. Because there's a text about the yard, and they're pinging to the yard. Yep, there's GPS shows Alex was we there. Got the raccoon getting shots yep. and buried in the pet cemetery. Correct. So everything's pointing here. Uh, authorities dug in the areas of the backyard where Alex Cox's cell phone had pinged in oh. September 2019. Tragically, they uncovered human remains buried in shallow graves. That is so horrible. Yep. Uh, JJ had been buried under a tree. Uh, he was uh, he was still wearing the red pajamas that he had on on the last picture taken of him. Uh, unfortunately, um, he was like I guess wrapped in a plastic. And uh, just kind of, you know, left out there. Uh, well, you know, already dead. Yeah, well, he was buried. Yeah. Um, investigators found Tylee's grave in Daybell's Pet Cemetery. Ugh. I guess she was dismembered. Oh, my God. And uh, burned. Um, so he tried to... These people are the sickest of the sick. Now, they say JJ may have been burned as well, but I only found that Tylee really was burned. Um, so... What I... was their causes of death? Um... You know what? They didn't say. So, I, yeah, they didn't say. Okay. Um, that might be part of the investigation. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? That's probably part of the investigation, okay. too. So, that's all going to come out. Uh, prosecutors believe she was buried in the same location Chad Daybell referenced when he texted Tammy Daybell nine months earlier. About the raccoon. Correct. <laughs> and just a little thing, like, investigators dug up part of the pet cemetery, found no raccoon. No, of course not. The raccoon was in reference to Tylee. Correct. Um, but then Daybell's family comes to his his uh, you know defense, and they're like, "Well, there's a second pet cemetery. He was probably looking at that one." It doesn't matter. Yeah, like okay, like, enough about the record. There's, there's bodies buried in his yard. There's dead children in your yard. Yeah, uh, Chad Daybell was arrested. Um, 
there's a video of people like driving by while he's getting arrested and being like, Chad Daybell, woo, you suck or something like that. Like, you know, it was a big story, obviously. <sighs> there was like, yeah, on Dateline, they said he was arrested as he was leaving, but I think that happened earlier. I think they got their timeline screwed up a little bit. Oh, according to my, but it doesn't matter. So he was charged with three counts of first degree murder and conspiracy in connection with the deaths of Tylee, JJ and his wife, Tammy. He pleaded not guilty. Naturally. His trial is scheduled for the summer of 2022 and prosecutors are seeking the death penalty. Wow. So summer of 2022. Correct. Wow. For right now until they delay it again and delay it again and mm-hmm. whatever. And I'm sure he's going to plead insanity or whatever. I, who knows? But neither is taking any accountability of these murders. Correct. Um, and Alex is gone. Yes. Um, rumors are so there's there's this reporter in idaho that's done a really great job of a lot of this he said um he spoke to the attorney for chad daybell and he said that he isn't looking to take any kind of plea deal for less charges it's Mm -hmm. basically he's taking this all the way okay so it's either he's dead or getting off right basically but who knows what will happen Lori daybell was charged with first degree murder for the deaths of jj and tylee so Chad's got JJ, Tylee, and Tammy. Laurie has JJ and Tylee. Mm-hmm. Not Tammy. Correct. Um, it sounds like Daybell's lawyer is going to attempt to split the charges because right now they're being charged together as husband and wife on JJ and Tylee. Uh-huh. So it sounds like the lawyer is going to try to split it, meaning that their strategy is going to likely be to go after Laurie and Alex. So go after his wife that is his you know the the person that he's always been with forever uh-huh. but he hasn't done it yet but it sounds like that's what's going to happen which makes sense if you're going to try to pin it on her now you know kind of looking into everything I, you know who was the puppet master was it chad probably chad i'm guessing it was chad right but was he the one that killed the kids you know it was probably alex like, i'm guessing probably alex based on the fact that he had gone and done you know shot at brandon he was probably the one standing in front of tammy with the gun however uh chad did send the text about him shooting the raccoon was that a euphemism to shooting the well, kids and here's the problem that you have to prove that you know you have the gun the smoking gun basically you got to find the how they were killed and that he was in possession of whatever killed them right you know either way we know that they they were involved yeah yeah at the very because least. a mother doesn't go to a vacation while her kids are missing well it's a matter of proving it at this point you know they they did it yeah you know, or and if they it. didn't do it they were involved in it right and, and it, arranged it yeah they're complicit it's like you know part. i can have somebody kill you maybe i didn't do it but i'm still charged for it, you know whatever because i was involved yeah not even complicit they did it they you yeah know, yeah whether or not they pulled the trigger or whatever it is they did they were the puppet masters yep um in june of 2021 this year Lori daybell was also charged with conspiring to murder charles vallow uh-huh. Of course. We where, see the text there. Yep. Where, you know, she, the police believe she planned the shooting of her husband with Alex. Now, was Charles cremated? Because I know you had said that Chad had called and, like, tried to arrange that to happen. I believe so. So anyone can just call and be like, yeah, um, my name's Peter Willis, and I'm the second cousin once removed of so-and-so, and I want them cremated. Okay, sir. He's being put into the incinerator now. Yep. We'll do it this weekend. Like, you can't do that. Yeah. You have to have, like, family like sign off right right well i'm sure he had they had sign off of lori right i'm just af- absolutely baffled by this i mean if i was getting burned up then they would get your signature right if, even if you killed me i'd be like oh okay 
once they determined, okay, yeah, it was an accident. He got shot. Yeah. Okay. He's gone. This whole thing just disgusts me. Yep. Um, so that same month, a judge in June, June this year, mm-hmm. a, a judge ruled Lori incompetent to stand trial while she receives mental health treatment. Um, so not insanity, but incompetent. Incompetent. Yeah. Uh, and I guess so, you know, you can obviously a lot of people are like, well, she's faking it and whatever. But there's like professionals that know what to look for. And of course, and see through the bullshit that they might be pretending. Yeah, you would think you would think. Yeah. And obviously she truly believes that she, you know, this is she's this is her mission and that, ch- you know, Chad's the a god and that she's a goddess. So if she truly believes that, then yeah, she's probably incompetent of understanding the that she's murdering you know her children. She's probably like, no, I saved it. I didn't. She might be like, I didn't murder my children. They were zombies. Mm-hmm. My kid, those are not my kids. Basically, you know. So at this point, it's like, no, she can't understand that it's murder. She's on this other planet, right? So I, I kind of you know, and that's going to be the situation until they can work with her and then eventually say she's competent enough to stand trial, like, right? Kind of get her off of this. Uh, she's not yet entered a plea. Her case is on hold. So obviously there's tons of people talking about it on the internet and stuff. Um, that's kind of the situation we're in. Uh, quickly in September, Chad and Tammy's children speaking publicly for the first time together told 48 hours. They believe their father's innocent. Uh, they think he was framed. Daybell's daughter, Emma Murray says she believes Chad was framed by Alex Cox and Lori Vallow Daybell. So somebody snuck into the house in the night and killed Tammy while Chad just slept there next to her? Well, their defense is going to be they have a lot of land and there's no security cameras and you can like, you know, you can pretty much go anywhere. But clearly on these pictures you can find online, I mean, it's right behind their house. I'm just shocked that the kids are defending their father because their mother is dead. And we know that their father two weeks later married Lori. I'm, I'm shocked that they're defending their father. Yeah. So he must be a good manipulator. Wow. He's a powerful man. Yeah. And they also said another thing they said was, uh, he was, a obviously a professional grave digger. He knows how to dig graves. Yeah. The kids were only dug a few feet down or whatever. Like it wasn't a professional job. It was hurried. So the flip side of that is you just killed kids. You got to get rid of their bodies. You're not going to do a professional six foot under kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Which know. tells me that maybe it was like a not a planned thing because I, I don't know. Well, he can't have a grave sitting there waiting for kids no, to be put in when his too. wife and kids live there. Oh, God. So it's, you know, he probably did the best he could. You know, I'm, I'm sure. So that that's their, <laughs> that's their excuse saying we have a lot of property, but whatever. People were dead and buried. In your house. Mm-hmm. Okay, buddy. So, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see where this trial goes. Hopefully, man, he just gets the worst. I hope so. I mean, it's 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 a really, really sad situation. But yeah. Yeah. So, that, that's the story. We got an hour and 50 minutes, our longest one ever. I'm sorry, an hour and how much? Five zero. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm glad we can get, get it all done in one fell swoop here. There's a lot of, you know, uh, little details, but I think I did a pretty decent job of finding most of them. So yeah. Wow. That is a lot of information and very, very heavy and disgusting. Yeah. Like my stomach feels sick. Yeah. It's sad. The kid, anytime kids are involved. It's yeah. Really, really sad. But these people are just, just fucked. Yeah. So uh, you're all, right, you're well, all caught good up. Job. You did a lot of research there, pal. Yeah, it was a lot. And um, yeah, hopefully did a good enough job for everybody. But yeah, there's tons of you know, police video out there. Go look at I mean, you can YouTube it. There's 48 hours. Dateline did, I think, five shows. Wow. 
like so the most recent one just came out in september go watch that one yeah and obviously more is to come because you know they're sitting there and trial or whatever is coming summer of 2022 potentially yep so we'll see what happens yep exactly so hey thanks for listening please uh, give us a five-star rating wherever your uh, podcasts are sold and tell a friend hey get crazy tell a friend about us okay? yeah and thanks for sticking around for almost two hours yeah we appreciate you all right we'll see you next time bye, bye.